Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Nick and May's Infinite Podcast. If you're listening to this, you're listening to the edited version because we had a live show where we uh, we had a little bit at the beginning. So if you want to listen to all the Twitch stuff, go go listen to the Twitch versions because there's some more stuff there. Mm-hmm. Some extra goodies for all of you. Yeah, exactly. I'm here with my buddy Nick. Hi, Nick. What's up, man? How you doing, pal? Oh, you know, it's been snowing since yesterday and I want to die. Still snowing there, huh? Yeah, it's it's almost April and mm-hmm. it's still in, snowing in the southwest. Yes, in the southwest and we're still getting snow. Yeah, I don't want to jinx I, us up here in Kansas because anything could happen at any time. But our weather seems to have taken a turn for the warmer today. Got up into the 80s and it's very, very humid outside. It's about to be a big thunderstorm here. So I might have to leave and, and shut my bedroom window uh, when that happens. Right now, I'm leaving it open because it's very stuffy in here, but. And at, until such time as that's as that storm starts, that's that's the plan. And yeah, it's gonna be really hot in here, and it's gonna be kind of warm the rest of this week. But I'll take it over the snow days that I had like two weeks ago. Yeah, we had a pretty solid week of no rain or snow, and then they said, "Oh, guys, it's almost April. We forgot that they needed more snow." So we had snow yesterday, going to today. And it's still gloomy outside, so it mm. might snow again tonight, but it's not looking like it will. Mm. That's good. I had, I honestly didn't really know it snowed in Arizona, and I especially didn't know it went into, like, late March. Yes. Uh, you're in where I live. Not to dox myself. It's pretty public, but not to dox myself. Um, it snows pretty regularly. And even for us, we're like, why is it still snowing? <laughs> It's kind of ridiculous. And then I go back home, and I can look at the weather for what it's going to be like down home. It's going to be like in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Just a couple hours away. And, yeah, a couple hours away. And I'm sure if I go even more up north, it's going to be more snow. Mm-hmm. But in general, we're all over the snow. None of us are enjoying it anymore. Yeah. It's April. Yeah, here in the Midwest, it feels like it's dependent on the year. Some years you'll have a lot of snow. Some years it's just going to be really bitter cold. Like last year when we had that cold front come through um, and it affected Texas really badly in particular. We got it here and it was like negative 20 here, like in the negatives at least for like a week. But I don't recall really having any snow last winter. This winter we traded that out for, I don't think we've been in the negatives at all, but we've had several big snowstorms in the last couple months. So it's usually a trade-off. We get one or the other. Oh no, it's supposed to rain again on Monday. Dang it. Yeah, it's supposed to rain as as we do this. So, also, if my power goes out, Manny's hosting, so the stream won't immediately die. Like, the streams have died when my internet's gone out the last couple couple weeks. So. Yeah, and we'll be able to talk crap about Nick. I'm yeah. kidding, yeah, we yeah. won't. We'll be able to salvage the show this way, so we can at least upload what we have. Yes, exactly. I don't expect um, that to happen, but just warning you guys that there's a possibility. Anything's a possibility. Listen, yeah. we said we were going to be at the top of the hour. We came 15 minutes later. That's yeah. just what happens well, sometimes. Well, to be fair, to be fair, you weren't ready right at the top of the hour. You had you were waiting for something to be delivered, and I was, like, working on a little project right up until the top of the hour. I don't think I had even joined you until well after the top of the hour started. No, you joined me about 10 minutes later. Yeah, it, it was on both of us. We were, we were both kind of slacking. Let's see... 
I can check exactly when. Okay, it was before 6 that I said I was ready. I think it was like 6.02, 6.03, but see. still. It was right. What is the meal on deck, Manny? Um, I mean, I had a, I had myself some more Jersey Mike's today. Oh, yeah, you did. If that's what you're asking. Was that your dinner? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty, that was a pretty early dinner for you, then, if it's only, at the moment, 6.25 for you. Yeah, I ate it, like, an hour and a half ago, too. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I had dinner a couple hours ago. I had some, uh, oh, what did I even have? Oh, I had, like, orange chicken. Like, a store-bought orange chicken that I cooked up in the, uh, in the whatchamacallit. In the skillet, that's the word. The word is skillet, that's what I was looking for. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm by myself in the house this week and most of next week, and I am just a great cook, folks. I made spaghetti last night. I made fucking store-bought uh, orange chicken today. I'm on a roll. Thanks, Elena, for the resub. Elena. We enjoy having you here, as always. Um, <laughs> so some so people funny? are already discussing the Oscars in oh, the chat. If we want to just hump, uh, hump, if we want to just jump right into it. Go ahead. Uh, all right. So someone says, Dear Evan Hansen should have been nominated for Best Picture over West Side Story. That's my best friend, we Jacob. We disagree. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Yeah, we disagree strongly. <laughs> to quote, I have quoted Incredibles 2 multiple times to Nick, and he has never understood where the quote is from. But it's from Bob Odenkirk and his sister are talking about superheroes. And, he, and at one point he goes, I disagree strongly. Um, anyways, you know, yeah, we don't believe in Dear Evan Hansen here. Yeah, it, it's a bad film. West Side Story, we neither of us love, but I think we can both agree. At its core, it's a good movie. At least it's incredibly well made. It's incredibly well made. The issue is that it's West Side Story. Yep, yep, we are in total agreement there. Yeah, I was, yes. like, I think when the nominations first happened, you were mad about In the Heights not getting nominated. My argument for nominating West Side Story for stuff over In the Heights was that, specifically as it pertained to the categories, like, you know, all the technical stuff that it got nominated for, and even the performance that it got nominated for, I would take all that stuff over anything that In the Heights had in those specific categories, even though, as a whole, I'll probably watch In the Heights more, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the characters more in that movie overall. In the Heights also isn't as long. Uh, if, it, if it's not, it's, it's like, like maybe 10, 10 minutes. minutes shorter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 10 minutes. Yeah, what are you shorter. talking about there? But in my opinion, it goes by a lot quicker. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say so too, except it does, they both have the same issue to me, which is that they start dragging it at the, at the end and the third act just won't wrap up to save its life. See, for me, uh, West Side Story starts dragging once they get married, like everything from then on in, I'm like, okay, this is kind of dragging. The Officer Krupke song, I'm like, okay. I'm yeah, the song of the police this. station, I think you could cut. Um, we talked about I Feel Pretty and how it's just in such a weird spot in that movie. Yeah, and we, I looked up uh, Spielberg and Kushner, the writer, their justification for it. I get, but I just wouldn't have kept that, at least not in that spot in the movie. And honestly, I probably would have just cut it. There's a lot of stuff in this movie. I think I think you could restructure this movie and make it work better. But again, yeah, for sure. it's the same it's the same issue I felt with the original movie. Yeah, the biggest issue is that it's West Side Story. Yep. Well, speaking of West Side Story, Ariana DeBose won Best Supporting Actress, yeah, which that, I'm I'm happy about. Yeah, that started the night. I um I don't remember the other performances now, because I took zero notes before this episode, folks, so it's gonna be a lot of me trying to remember things. Um so that'll be fun. But 
yeah, I don't remember any of the other performances she was up against, except for, I think, Kirsten Dunst, who was the lead actress of that movie, but she was a supporting character overall in Power of the Dog, so that's why they put her there. Um, I probably would have taken Kirsten Dunst, but I'm not mad about Ariana DeVos or anything. Yeah, I really can't think of anyone else either, because in my opinion, this was just kind of a weak year for performances or things that stood out in general. Yeah. Both of us have talked about how there wasn't really anything that we felt super strongly about this year. Yeah. I mean, I can specifically for like the nominations. I mean, even before that, we were like, we don't know what we would nominate in these specific categories. Yeah. Like, um, death, uh, sorry, I just saw a comment from Panda Master that said death on the Nile. So I almost said death on the Nile was one of my favorite movies of the year. I meant drive my car was one of my favorite movies of the year. That and licorice pizza were probably my two faves, but both of those, it's not like, it's not like I was like cheering for them nonstop. Like I was for say Paris had a couple years ago or anything like that. These are like, I love these movies, but I don't have that same level of passion for them, at least compared to the other nominees. It's interesting that you, that two of your favorite movies, one is, I'm, Ooh, do I, mm, he's going to, he's going to leave that hanging there. I'm, I'm, if you know, you know. You've you've mentioned your parasite take on the show before. Elena can No 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 not not no no I'm not talking about parasite. I'm talking about drive my car and licorice pizza. What do you mean? Okay, here we go. <laughs> one is made by Japanese filmmakers and the other mm. one is insulting the Asian culture mm. in general and yes, Asian yes. people. Yes, yes. I see, I <laughs> yes. see. That 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 was the joke. Uh-huh. Yes. I both love and hate Japan is what he's getting at here. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just as simple as that. There, there are no, there are no additional factors to that. Jay in the chat says hashtag Asians. <laughs> um, that, that's a. Rep- I have not seen Licorice Pizza. He has not. I, I have talked to Nick about this. How every time that there's a showing for me to go watch it, because I do want to see it, something else just comes in the way to where I can't actually watch it. Yeah. And um so at this I still point, seen at this movie. point you'll just see it on VOD. Maybe. We'll see if it goes streaming anywhere. Because right now it's twenty bucks to own and I'm like, I don't even oh, know yeah, if yeah. I want to. No, own I'm not it. I'm not paying to own it right now. I'll probably even wait to get the Blu-ray until Black Friday. Like it's a movie I'm gonna watch a lot, but I also am not in a huge hurry to watch it again, so I'll pay for it at a discounted price. Yeah. Ooh, watch Velocipaster instead. Watch that, Velocipaster. that is on our commentary list. We will get to that eventually. Friend of the show Steph sent me a TikTok about it this morning too. I watched most of it a couple years ago, and it was it was a glorious experience. I've seen that one, Tsunambi's Sharknado. Um, there, there's quite a couple. That's the only you one. Ever I've seen, seen Zombies? No. Velocipaster is the only movie of that ilk that I've seen any of, and even then, I think I didn't see the last like half hour. Mm. Yeah. We also have the room on our commentary list as well. Oh, I'm so excited for the room. Speaking about commentaries, guys, go listen to our Iron Man Two commentary. Man 2, we had a lot of fun with that one. We did. I listened back to pretty much the whole thing uh, since it got uploaded a couple hours ago. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one to do. That was an impromptu one because we're like, we have time. You want to just do it, and so we did. We did. And now Incredible Hulk is getting put on HBO Max soon, so stay tuned for that one. Yeah, which means point. we will actually be finally getting to that. Uh, it's what the beginning of April, I think April first. Yeah, it's in April. Okay, so that that very well could ju- could be our next one. 
Bobby asking, is Zumbies just Gen Z zombies? No, Zumbies is a zombie outbreak that happens in a zoo. So all the animals are zombies <laughs> and they're going after okay. the workers. I'm actually intrigued by this premise. I might continue, I might watch this film now, now that you mentioned it. Yes, I it's, thought, um, um, it's not good. I'm shocked. But I was I was figuring when you said Zoomies, I thought it would have something to do with like a Zoom call of some kind. No, it's zoo animals. That makes more sense. I'm like, like how do you turn into a zombie on a Zoom call? This is how my brain works, folks. I'm very tired. It's been a long week already, and it's only Tuesday. It is only Tuesday, but I <sighs> yeah. feel you there. Yeah. We're, we were talking about the Oscars. We were, yeah, at one point. Was there anything that uh, that stood out to you as a bad call? As, like, a winner that I was vehemently unhappy with? Yes. Mm, I mean, not really, because anything that I wasn't a fan of, I expected. So it's not like I was really disappointed in anything. Everything pretty much turned out the way I expected it to. Um, Jessica Chastain winning Best Actress, like, as a Tammy Faye, looks like the kind, of mo- the kind of movie that would annoy the absolute shit out of me, and it looks like total Oscar bait. So, of course, they rewarded that movie, and I'm never going to watch it, but I'm not, like, mad, because, again, this is exactly in line with what I expect them to do. Um, I don't know. I don't know every winner. I had to leave the show, like, halfway through, and everything else that happened the rest of the night, I just read about on Twitter. Uh, Coda's not, like, my favorite movie. I like Coda a lot. I wouldn't have given it Best Picture. I'm not mad about it like other people are. I was just kind of, yeah, that's, that's how the wind was blowing. The last couple weeks, it's turned well into Coda's favor, so... Again, didn't surprise me. I wasn't mad about it. And that's pretty much what I feel about the entire ceremony. The The stuff that made me mad was uh, the way they handled the technical awards that they aired or that they uh, gave out before the show. I almost feel like it would have been better if they just didn't air them during the show. But instead, they aired the sloppiest cut together, jumbled up like 30 second versions of them. And that almost seemed more insulting than either doing them normally not or not doing them at all. Both of those alternatives see better than the way that they actually executed in the show. Yeah, I have a lot of the same opinions. I'm like, nothing really was a standout for me in general to where I'm like, yeah, that was wrong. Actually, no. Encanto winning over Mitchell's versus the Machines was the only one that I had, quote unquote, an issue with, even mm-hmm. though I do like Encanto a lot. Um, I just thought Mitchell's was the better movie. And, you know, Disney has won nine out of the last ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, animated awards yeah i think the only one they didn't win was spider-verse i'm pretty sure yeah and that was again that was yeah. one that i expected to go that way and i have fairly similar feelings in terms of overall opinion that on those two movies so again it wasn't like i was mad about Ninkanto winning or that i would have been mad about mitchell's versus the machines winning no there was nothing that i was mad about in general a lot of the things that i thought would have happened were going to happen yeah. Um, Dune sweeping up technical. I felt like that was a given. Mm-hmm. I knew that it wasn't going to get like director or best picture. I kind of just felt that. But um, that taking all the technicals, that made sense in my opinion. Will taking best actor was talked about a lot of. When I heard like people talking about Will Smith's like performance, they're like, yeah, he's really good. So they'll probably give it to him as like his finally Oscar mm-hmm. over like some other people. So maybe like that was the other thing where I'm like, oh, okay. So it was his finally Oscar. 
excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I kind of felt the same. It it seemed even all the way back when that movie came out, like four or five months ago now, that that's that's what it was going to be. And we had some of our nominees come along, like Andrew Garfield got a lot of buzz when Tick, Tick, Boom came out. Um, Denzel, a little bit less so for Tragedy of Macbeth. And so those seem like the... Um, the fa- oh, and Bandit Cumberbatch. Those seem like the favorites. Javier Bardem seemed like the odd one out in that category as the person who had absolutely no chance. I think everybody else conceivably had a chance. Um, but it seemed like it was Will's to lose. And uh, everything happened on the night to make you think that he might lose it, and he still went up there and won it. Yeah, boy, did he win it. Mm-hmm. I still haven't actually gone back to see that speech. Oh, it's uh, it's something else. I've, I've heard. It's a bit awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've danced around it long enough. Go ahead. Nick, did you did you see Will Smith slap Chris Rock? Oh, you know, I didn't really hear that much about it, so I haven't actually been able to see it that much yet. No one's really talking about it. It seems like kind of a non-issue to me. Um, mm. It doesn't seem like something that would really dominate discourse for several days or anything like that. So I haven't seen it. You know, at this point, I might see it, but I'm not sure. I can't really comment on it, to be honest with you. Gotcha. Yeah, it was really like a blink and you miss it moment during the show. So, you know, when we were on the voice chat, we all sort of didn't see it Mm -hmm. until it was like about two hours later when everyone started tweeting about it. Yeah. When we all started actually watching it. Yeah. You know, the thing about Twitter is that uh, it's very delayed. People don't instantly go on there and tweet out of context about something you don't know what's going on yet. They definitely don't do that. I definitely didn't see hundreds and hundreds of tweets as I was browsing Twitter, not being able to watch the rest of the show, trying to figure out what was going on with a bunch of people saying what the fuck just happened in different ways and not actually talking about the event that had transpired. That definitely did not happen to me. Definitely not. Yeah. And it didn't happen to me where, you know, like, how if you're not in LA, you'll see a lot of LA people be like, whoa, was that an earthquake? Yo, was that an earthquake? <laughs> Guys, I think I just felt an earthquake. <laughs> so, you know, like there, there will be those tweets. I definitely wasn't, you know, watching them come through as everyone was like, bro, what is happening? Whoa, was that a slap? Was that real? You know, I d- definitely was not experiencing that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Harley asks, Chris Rock was at the Oscars. That's the thing. I mean, it seemed like to have made such little impact that we don't really know. I can't say for certain whether Chris Rock was even at the Oscars, to be honest with you. I know he hosted like six years ago, but I really can't say whether he was there. Yeah, I I, I barely saw anything. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can really say is that I hope both parties work it out and mm-hmm. move on from the situation. Yeah, yeah, maybe both parties can uh, enter the speed force and we can all cheer for that. Number one moment, number one, <laughs> number one cheer, cheer moment in, of like, all time. God, that that, is, count, that countdown was hilarious to entering see. the speed force. Because okay, so at first we were like we were all in the voice chat watching that part that unfold, and we were like, okay, so I guess it's all time because they started with Matrix, and I don't remember what. And then number they f- went to Dream Girls. Dream Girls, that's right. And then it was Endgame, which is like, yeah, I get that. And then the last two were 2021 releases. You had the No Way Home scene, and then you had uh, the scene from uh, the Snyder Cut. So it ended with 2021 stuff, and I was confused. It's like, is this all time? Is this... It, ju- it was just weird. And, uh, and It was very weird. I didn't know that was happening. I knew the like the the movie, whatever the they were calling that award that the, the fan-voted movie was for. I didn't know that that cheer moment thing was a thing until it happened. There was t- I remember them saying that they were doing two of them, like that they were going to be doing the best cheer moment and then the best 
movie, like fan favorite movie or okay. whatever. But I was under the assumption that they were both 2021. Yeah. And it's and it's very sad because Malignant was robbed. <laughs> Listen, guys. Malignation rises up, mm-hmm. okay? Malignant was the best movie of last year. It had the best jokes, okay? It was very suspenseful. It had the, best, had the best moment with the chair. Listen, man. You telling me it's a cancer? We need to cut it out. <laughs> Is it a good joke? She's about to get her cancer sucked. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you can clip that one out. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, we we did a malignant watch along after the Oscars. That was fun. I went to oh no, went, malignant is awesome. Went to bed way too late. I that mean day. that genuinely. Yeah, I am. That should totally have been you. the fan. That should have been the fan favorite moment of the year. Was the more chair being thrown? We don't have enough good schlock like that. We need more. I agree. See, because is the movie good? But is it a lot of fun to watch and just have a good time? Yes. Yes. And, and I honestly, think, that's what you need yeah. sometimes. I think if a movie accomplishes what it's going for, you can say it's good. Even if it's not, you know, if you're grading something totally objectively, you can say this is not good. But if it succeeds in what it's going for and you feel like that you are clear in what its intent is and that it's succeeding in that, to me, that's a good movie. Yeah, and I think Malignant was that. So yes. hopefully they get that sequel. I want to see some more of Gabriel coming back. Yeah, I mean, I forgot how much the end was actually sequel set up, or that they at least left it very open-ended. They're pretty they much did, in no yeah. uncertain terms. We're like, Gabriel's going to come back one day, and she'll be ready. She will be ready. It's going to, you know what, we'll get one in about 20 years, mm. and it'll just be called Malignant again, but it'll be Malignant 20, 2041. And, um... And then, yeah, Gabriel will come back. It'll be like a whole thing of like, guys, we brought the cast back from Malignant 2041. <laughs> because we can't have an actual second title. It has to be the same title as the original. Yeah. Uh, requels, everybody. <laughs> um, you know, what's actually going to happen is that in a couple of years, James Wan is going to direct the sequel, the second Malignant movie. And then there will be a third one that he's not involved in. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. That's what always happens with James Wan stuff. But we're going to get a prequel to Gabriel because little did you know that he was a spirit that gets a bunch of other people involved as well. Mm. And it's going to become the Malignant Cinematic Universe and it'll be called James Wan's MCU. Mm. I like this. I like this. We're we're predicting the future here and now. Guys, we're great producers. Yeah. Well, you're, you're it'll be called Gabriel. That's right. Gabriel. <laughs> I like that title. I can go with that title. Before we get too far past it, Jacob asks, what's your favorite Best Picture winner of the last 20 years? So that's going back to 2001, which was Beautiful Mind. Oh, you want to go to 2001? Well, just picking your favorite of the last 20 years. That's 20 years ago. The 2001 Mm, movies. uh, I was going to say Social Network, but it didn't win. Didn't win. So I'm going to go with Return of the King. That would probably be my answer. Return of the King, Parasite, Moonlight. Uh... trying to think no country for old men's probably not my number one but it's up there um, hurt locker argo 12 years of slave the artist the departed no country for old men crash is your favorite clearly mm-hmm. oh yeah you can check my letterbox to see how much i love crash uh, uh million oh, yeah. dollar baby chicago those yeah, are haven't seen those two last. 
Departed would probably round out my top five if I'm doing a top five, which at this point I've named enough that I think I have five. Uh, Spotlight's also really good. Uh, Shipwater I like. I don't really have any strong feelings about it. Uh, Nomadland's okay. And I think that's everything I've seen. I haven't seen The Artist. Um, Argo's good. Twelve vs. Slave is good. I like the King's Speech a lot. It's not better than Social Network, but I do actually like King's Speech a lot. Did you say Shipwater? Huh? You said... Sh- did I hear you say ship water? Did I just speak that fast? Yeah, the shape of water. There we go. The shape of water. I'm like, sorry, I talk what? fast sometimes. I heard ship water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've... The we've heard Shape you say of Water, things. the 2017 the film directed by Guillermo water. del Toro. Am I clear? Guillermo, yes. Yes. I think that's all the all the nominees in the last 20 years that we've mentioned. It is. Coda, okay. Nomadland, Parasite, oh, yeah, Green Book, Shape of Water... Moonlight, Spotlight, Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, Argo, The Artist, King's Speech, The Hurt Locker, Slumdog, No Country for Old Men, The Departed, Crash, Million Dollar Baby, Return of the King, Chicago, Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes, we named them all. I've seen, yes. I think there's probably seven or eight of those that I haven't seen. Yeah. I think we thoroughly but, answered um, that question. I think we did too. Oh no! The Oscars didn't really do anything that exciting this year. No, they were a bad show like they always are. I feel like I don't know if it's like people watched it when they were kids, but I feel like everyone has these memories of the Oscars being a good show. But I am ninety nine percent sure it's never actually been a good show. It's not like it suddenly got bad at a certain point. I think it's just always been like this. I can't really speak to it because the only shows I've seen in full have been in the last five years. But it really doesn't feel like it's been a good show before. Yeah, I don't really know because I've missed most of the Oscars in yeah. general, and I'll just see like who won. So it just kind of I've seen, yeah. You know, it just kind of feels like that. You know, the Academy still has a lot of people that have been there for a long time. They are they are the way they are. The show's just kind of been like this for a long time. It like I've never like I'm not gonna go back and watch those old shows. I don't even know if you can, but it would not surprise me if it's just been this bad for as long as we can remember. And it's not really yeah. going to get better because now it seems like they're more desperate than ever. I mean, it's apparent that they're more desperate than ever because last year's ratings were especially low. But you can tell how desperate they are to throw stuff at the wall and hope something sticks. And the only stuff that sticks is when there is unscripted violence that happens on stage. Yeah, that is very true. And Richard, uh, sorry guys, good one. It was gonna happen. It was gonna happen. Richard says it's also weird thing where people don't like the Oscars for a variety of different reasons. Yeah, it's not like there's one reason why people don't like the Oscars. Yeah. It's they didn't they didn't suddenly get political. They've always there there's always been political stuff happening at the Oscars from one side or another. You had Michael Moore protesting the Iraq war in the two thousands. You had Marlon Brando protesting uh not accepting his award after Godfather and having a Native American go on go on there and protest the treatment of Native Americans in Hollywood. That was fifty years ago. Like this stuff has always been happening at the Oscars. It just, I feel like society as a whole is more focused on that stuff now, so that gets more coverage, and, you know, just the way the internet is. Yeah, it's all the woke media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in general, that's kind of our Oscars talk. We didn't really have much to say about it, yeah. other than it happened, <laughs> nothing too egregious really happened. Most of the picks were just fine, mm-hmm. um, or the expected ones, so it wasn't really like anything big happened. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything notable that I forgot, and, I mean, 
yeah, that's 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 really it. I again, yeah, I, I, I missed I like the second half of the show, so I didn't see the Immemorium. I didn't see the uh, the Godfather fan cam or whatever happened with that. I didn't see that. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other stuff I heard about that happened on the show. I didn't see Jamie Lee Curtis with a dog. I didn't see Kevin Costner's weird speech. I missed all that stuff. Yeah, and I saw all of it. So sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just another show, like every other year, pretty mm-hmm. much is the way that I would say it. Yeah. But, guys, yeah, that's our Oscars talk. We don't really have much to say, but you know we do have a lot to say about? Xbox Game Pass, guys. For so $15 <laughs> a month, you can, you can play hundreds of AAA games right on your console, okay? You can play it on your Xbox, you can play it on your PC, you get access to mobile gaming, okay? For $15 a month, you're getting access to day one games like Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon 5, Starfield that is still slated to come out this year, guys. Xbox Game Pass truly is the best deal in gaming currently. So make sure you guys go to xbox.com slash game dash pass to sign up today for Xbox Game Pass. $15 a month, guys. It's it's the best deal in gaming. But Sony's not the only... Sony's coming out to play. Mm. Did you happen to see the news today about sony's version of game pass i saw that playstation spartacus yes i saw that they were doing it i have literally no idea any of the details okay let me bring these up for you so essentially what they're doing is that they're rolling in the current playstation plus service and their playstation now service to be one main thing they're streamlining a lot of it okay so um, pretty much, if you're currently paying the 10 bucks a month for PlayStation Plus, which gets you access to cloud games, it gets you access to playing online, which I, I hate that you have to pay 10 bucks a month to, to get cloud saves. It's really mm-hmm. stupid. Um, but you can do that, and that won't change at all. You'll just be rolled into that new program, the same thing that happened with HBO Max. If you had HBO Go, then, you know, or HBO Now, whichever one it was. Um, they just told you to roll you in. So that gets you access to playing cloud games or getting your cloud saves, getting to play online and getting the games for the month. That is all staying the same. PlayStation Plus Extra, which is $15 a month, now gets you up to 400 games um, playable on PS4 and PS5. So, hey, more games. And the final tier, which is PlayStation Plus Premium, gives you 340 games um, between PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, the original PlayStation, and PSP. So, and that is $18 a month. So they're doing three tiers. Um, $15 tier is kind of what Game Pass is, but the important thing to recognize is that their PlayStation Plus tiers will not have day one exclusives Mm. they did say that they will be adding games as they go along so in a couple months i believe they said that they'll be adding spider-man miles morales when that comes in marvel spider-man um i believe the original horizon zero dawn will be added on there so they're going to be adding games at a future date but it really is the lack of day one drops and also we don't know anything about additional services that they'll be providing. Because we know with Game Pass, we have stuff like Crunchyroll Trial, Spotify, Disney+, Plus, all those good things. But 
uh, Sony does not have Microsoft's deep pockets. And that's just a fact that they cannot sustain a model like that. So it makes sense that this is the way it is. I'm just curious how playing the old games is going to work because in the past they've done streaming and I believe that's only been for PlayStation 3 games and it was not great. So I'm going to be very curious to see what the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation, and the PSP games are going to end up playing like on your PlayStation 5 or 4. Yeah, that would be that would be the most interesting part to me is because as someone who has... I owned a PS2, but I pretty much didn't play any of the big PS2 games, none of the big exclusives or anything. I've pretty much missed out on PlayStation's entire catalog through their entire history, and I do intend to eventually get a PS5 or a PS4, uh, whichever whichever comes first for me. PS4s are still, for, for what I want to get out of one right now, they're still pretty pricey. I would like to go back and play the biggest franchises, your God of Wars, your Last of Us, your Uncharted, uh, the new Spider-Man games, everything like that. I would like to go back and play those. Um, but I would also like the opportunity to go back and play those classics on the older on the uh, older consoles because again I've missed pretty much all of them. I had a PSP for like two months and again I didn't play any of the big games on that either. So that whole that whole catalog would be entirely new to someone like me, and I'd be very curious to see how well they play because as far as Xbox goes, um, their Game Pass and just their backwards compatibility in general. If you already own an older game or you buy it on the store, um, their backwards compatibility is almost flawless, pretty much. Like if you have an, especially if you have a Series X, like I have, I've had no issues with backwards compatibility whatsoever. You're playing the best versions of these games that pretty much there have ever been, or you know you have something like Master Chief Collection where they take those old games and they just, you know, obviously they give them a full remaster treatment and everything like that. And I don't, I'm curious if that amount of love and care will be put into the PlayStation games because it feels like backwards compatibility in general is something that Xbox has invested a lot of time and money into in the last five six years. Um, and PlayStation hasn't put nearly as much into that in that time frame. So that's the part I'm most curious about. It's also interesting to me that you don't have to pay 50 bucks a year to uh, to play those games. What do you mean? I was talking about Nintendo. And then I I was thinking for, oh. you know, in my head, I was thinking 50 bucks a that's month. Right. It's 50 bucks a year versus like 18 bucks a month. But you also get the other stuff in there. So it works out. I guess. Yes. Nintendo is the worst of them. In my opinion. Uh, well, I don't know. It really depends on your attachment to the franchises and stuff. Yeah. It, it's it's also... Because Nintendo's at a lower price, but at the same time, they do things way cheaper and more half-assed yeah. than, say, like a Sony or Microsoft. So it's kind of dependent on what your tolerance level is for all of them. Yeah. I mean, you're paying, what, $216 a year for... Um for that full 18 18 a month membership whereas you're paying 50 bucks a year for nintendo where you get nes snes and 64 games um and probably more in the future plus you know all their dlc their main dlc and all that it just depends on what you value like if you if you're someone who plays your playstation a lot month to month and you want to play those older games i'm sure there's good value in that I think there's good value in Game Pass Ultimate for 15 bucks a month, and I would personally get enough out of my Nintendo subscription to make that worth it. But, you know, values in the eye of the beholder. It's different for everybody. It just depends on what you want to get out of your games. Someone like me, I think, and I'm only going at this from my own perspective, obviously, but someone like me, I feel like, could get a lot out of this PlayStation service, assuming it's a good service, which I don't know what the reputation is for backwards compatibility, but I know it's not as strong as Xbox's has become. Yeah, that's definitely, like, 
a selling point, I guess, would be like, oh, if you haven't played all these games, it's a good back catalog. But the other thing, at least for me, is that, hold on, is that they don't have an actual, like, backwards compatibility system built into their console. Like, you can't put in a PS3 or PS2 disc into your PS5 and have it play games. Like, you're just dependent on when they will or won't get taken off of the service. Yeah. And that's, like, up to them to decide. So, like I say, guys, I like physical media for video games specifically for these kinds of reasons Mm -hmm. because you never know when they're just going to get taken off of something or no longer be available for purchase. Yeah, which is, you know, that's a drawback of Game Pass is that they will do that from time to time. Even, I think, some EA games I saw um, are getting taken down off Game Pass, which I find interesting uh because mm-hmm. i think it's madden 20 that i saw that's getting taken down which is obviously been on ea play for a couple years now and every other entry in the series i think is still on game pass through ea play so stuff like that is bizarre to me i don't know what the weird licensing deals are for stuff like that but you know stuff can get taken off those services willy-nilly at any old time for any old reason so if it's something you really care about and i think investing in ownership is still the way to go even yeah. though it's and obviously if you if if you'll have to go back and buy those older consoles, your PS one, two, three, a PSP, and buy and find the games for all those. The mo- the biggest games might not be su- super expensive. It depends on the console. In my own experience of collecting older consoles, but it's still a hefty investment to make. So stuff like this, for convenience's sake, is good as long as they actually keep the stuff on the service. Yeah, and I'll be interesting to see if you can buy like those older games because I don't think you will be able to whereas like and not to play devil's advocate for xbox but with xbox you can buy old xbox and uh 360 games on your current gen console and you'll have them so that's the other thing is that i i don't want to say like i feel more secure with xbox but i know that i can buy those games if i like Mm -hmm. them from the older consoles and just have them there yeah whereas with playstation because they haven't had a strong backwards compatibility um mechanic in the past i'm just gonna be watching to see if they'll add that if they'll add those games to the store yeah and game pass is good for almost being like a demo service i know red dead 2 and i think gta 5 had been on game pass at one point or another they weren't on there forever but you could use that almost as you know a demo a testing ground to actually go and buy those games afterward that's something it's good for and hopefully you know with playstation you get the opportunity to go buy that stuff because to me it makes it would make no sense to not have that stuff available for purchase especially if it's playstation's digital store where they get 100 percent of that profit there's no reason not to do that except they'll they'll probably find a way not to do that they will they'll say like <laughs> oh the hardware was different in those in those consoles so we can't make them compatible with these ones because that's what they said about playstation 4 and specifically playstation 3 architecture which uh, from what i hear is actually true that playstation 3 architecture was just so needlessly complex mm-hmm. that it's not compatible with anything yeah, so you have to play like the digital versions but in general i will be looking forward to seeing what people will think about it i don't use my playstation enough to justify it from everything that i've seen or heard and the games catalog there but I hope people that do really enjoy it and they'll be just as passionate as we are about Xbox Game Pass, $15 a month. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> um, before we move on from that, so the $18 plan with the older games, is, does that also include everything from the previous plans within it? Yes. Okay. 
So as you move up, the tiers are included. Same way of something like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe or Patreon is the same way. Like you get more money, you keep all those old perks, but you get new ones as well. Yeah, because I was going to say, you mentioned, I think, this morning that you didn't like the pricing for it. In theory, as I'm hearing this from you, it really doesn't sound that bad if you, assuming they actually put the work into the service and they give you, you know, that wide variety, that huge catalog that they have, they give you a good portion of that, which, again, is an assumption that we're making. It Again, I think it would be stupid not to do that because then you're you're uh, losing goodwill with people. But they could they could fumble that, and there's a very good chance that that happens. So, I don't know. In theory, this doesn't sound terrible from a pricing standpoint to me, but that's with the assumption that they they actually create a good catalog on there. And they will eventually give you value in the, in the sense of some, maybe not all of their ex- exclusives, but a lot of their exclusives on day one. Oh, they will never do that. They can't yeah. afford it. Yeah. Xbox they can, will Xbox never can be afford able to that. do it. They can take a loss up front to, you know, make their service more worthwhile in the long run. That's their goal. Yes, they can. And that's the general goal of, like, any streaming service and any streaming model. Any service in general. Yeah. That's what it is. Your insurance, your whatever you have, it's all part of that stuff to keep you in the system. It's an investment. Speaking of investments, guys, we need to talk about Zelda. Do we? Can you believe that the game was announced three years ago and still has not come out? I can. Because I sure can. <laughs> I, I never can. expected this game to come out this year. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, it'll come out next year. I'm like, are you crazy? I don't know why, but I always just felt like there was no way Breath of the Wild 2 was coming out this year. And this isn't me hating Zelda because I hope that, like, I want you guys to play the game and enjoy it. I just knew it's not coming this year. The same way that I am starting to think that God of War is not going to come this year. Like, there are just some of these things... Where I'm like, this has been development for a long enough time that we should be seeing more of it, and we aren't. So, and Bobby says it. He says this is part. This is part of Zelda. Yep, absolutely. It was the same thing with the first Breath of the Wild. But I personally think, and I'm not the biggest expert on the development history of that game, but I think the fact that they realized they could launch it with a Switch was a big reason, the a big factor in and why it didn't release even as far as like a year and a half closer than it did. Um, I think that was. That had a lot to do with that. They decided to make it work more for the Switch than the Wii U, and that that took a lot of development time. That was my guess as to what happened there. With this game, I mean, it seems... I mean, obviously Breath of the Wild, the first one is expansive, and this is going to be even more expansive than that. Obviously, there's a lot to put in to put into this game. It seems weird to me, because I would assume they're reusing a shit ton of assets. I don't know why you wouldn't, because you, you've created that world. You have, you have the same character models. You'll have a lot of the same assets, in, in theory. Um, so that's the part that's weird to me as to why it's taken, it's going to be six years if it comes out in the spring. That's the, that's the weird thing to me into how it's taken that long. It's taken almost the whole console generation. Um, but again, it's not like I didn't expect it to eventually get delayed. I think I, we talked about this this morning, but I think as soon as I saw that those Pokemon games had been announced for, uh, November, I knew I should have known at that point that Breath of the Wild wasn't making it because... 2022, I had always figured it was going to be the holiday title, because Nintendo always has at least one, usually just one, big holiday title that comes out around November, and usually it's either a Pokemon game, um, they had Hyrule Warriors a couple years ago, because COVID year, and that was the biggest one that they could get out on time, but you had Smash Ultimate one year, you'll have Pokemon games, stuff like that, so I thought Breath of the Wild would be that for this year, but once Pokemon was announced, I realized that's probably not going to happen, and 
which something else you and I agreed on was that if you get just a year as a timetable for a game, that doesn't sound very confident. And there's a very good chance it doesn't make that year because it's it's a publisher telling you eh, maybe at some point in this twelve month range. Um, so yeah, again, I didn't have a ton of confidence in it, but I still thought that it could conceivably be that this year for their June Direct that happens around E3 time every year, that they would give you a full gameplay unveil, you'd get the title of the game, then they'd say coming in the fall. I still thought there was a chance of that happening. And it didn't. And that's okay. You know, as as the great Shigeru Miyamoto once said, a uh, a delayed game is eventually good, and I'm sure this game will be good. Listen here, fuckers. Miyamoto <laughs> never said that quote. <laughs> apparently Miyamoto never said the quote and people just thought that he did. So I know, you know, but I'm just letting people know. Miyamoto never said the quote. Yes, because I hate when people use that quote because it's such an obvious thing. And now that Miyamoto didn't even say it, you don't have any validity. I mean, you still have validity. Delayed games, I'd rather have a delayed game than one that's rushed out. No, I'm glad it's being delayed in the sense that it will be better than it would have been if it released six months sooner. I'm happy in that sense. In the short term, in the interim, I'm annoyed that I have to wait even longer for this game that I've waited ultimately six years for. That's the annoying part, is that I've waited so long. And even since the unveil, like, it's almost three years since that first unveil, and we still haven't seen gameplay, really. That's, you know, yeah. that's annoying. Yeah. But yeah I, we I have full faith morning. in it being good when it comes out. But in the interim, it's annoying. Same same as those Halo Infinite delays that kill me every time. Like, it's just, if it's something you care about, you want it right now. And if you don't get it right now, you're going to be a bit annoyed, even though you know it's for the best. Halo Infinite, Cyberpunk, Dying Light, Lego Star Wars. Like, all these games were delayed pretty massively. Mm-hmm. So, it it's what I've come to get used to at this point. I mean, I know it's fixed now, but Cyberpunk pro- uh, proved that's not inherently proved. true. Um, oh, proved. It, yes and no, because it was delayed multiple times, but it was still put out too early. Mm-hmm. So it's delaying a game until it's complete is what I would say. Because you can delay a game and it can still be bad. But yeah, if you actually take the time to iron out everything, then it would be better. Because, I mean, we look at Cyberpunk now, mm-hmm. and it's not perfect, but it's way better. It looks... It's a lot more stable. Yeah, it's a lot more stable. I think it's 60 FPS now compared to the 30 that it was, which would drop below 30 fairly frequently, even on my Series X when I played it in December of 2020. It feels... It's just a much cleaner experience now. Like, it, it looks fantastic. The character models look significantly better. I've encountered far fewer bugs. I still have the occasional bug, the same bug that I had um, when I first got the game. But yeah, like this at this point, it's a complete game. It you know it took an extra fifteen months or whatever of uh, of polish before they had that. And obviously, if you have last gen hardware, then it's not going to work for you. But if you have a good PC or a Series X or a PS Five, then you're playing a good version of Cyberpunk at this point. Yeah. So it, in a sense, it proved it both right and wrong. Because yeah. it was delayed, and it still came out bad, and it, because it should have been delayed yeah. more. Realistically, just... they should have been upfront with the fact that their game had become too big for the hardware that they had been making it for. And they should have just focused all resources into making it for next-gen at a certain point. Even though, like, when it was supposed to come out, those consoles had just come out, and no one had had them yet. Like, and still, you don't have that many people that have the next-gen consoles, but... 
especially at that time. Like, that was the only way they were going to make money was, was if they sold it for last gen. So they made that scummy decision, and it cost them. Yeah. But in general, we want games to be good. Yeah, and, you uh, know, I, li- I like good things. Me too. We've, we've had a couple good things this last weekend. You and I both played our own individual games this weekend. Yeah. So I'll go Who first. Since I, I have less start? to say than you do. All right, go ahead. So I have played the new big Nintendo release of uh, of this month. It is Kirby and the Forgotten Land for the Nintendo Switch system. So this is the first Kirby game that I've ever played, pretty much outright. I think I played like 10 minutes of uh, one of the SNES games on the, uh, at, on the Switch Online app. And I have pretty much my only Kirby experiences in Smash, basically. So this is my first Kirby game. It's the first Kirby 3D platformer Kirby game. And I am on the second world. I don't know how many worlds there are. I am 8% in my total progress. I've gone back to get the extra collectibles and a couple levels already. Um, I'm a couple hours in, and I'm very much enjoying it so far. It's not the level of polish or quite as smooth as something like Mario Odyssey is, which I still think is almost perfect in terms of how it feels to play. This is not totally that, but this game does feel really good to play. You can do a lot with Kirby. The combat is very simple, and it's extremely easy, and there's actually an easier mode that I didn't pick. Um, I don't remember what the two modes are called. Mouthful Mouthful mode is not a game mode. It's not a game difficulty either. Um, That's just when you can swallow up a really big item. It's mouthful mode is what it is. Um, That's not an actual difficulty, but I'm playing on the regular difficulty, and the game is still stupid easy. I haven't died once, and... You know, that's I like I like games to be challenging, but also this game is just such a breeze to play through and it's so enjoyable. The music is great, it looks really nice, the like just there's just a fun vibe to the entire game. So even though it's extremely easy, I'm definitely enjoying the ride so far. Um they re they do reuse the music pretty much, you know, you have different worlds and you'll have say six to eight, I don't know how many total, but around that number of levels within the world, and they pretty much all use the same music in the world, which is pretty annoying. It's something I've come to expect from, you know, Nintendo platformers. If you play the old 2D Mario games, you'll pretty much be hearing the same music for an entire world until you move on to the next one. That's just how it is. Um, so that's that's a bit annoying. The music is good for what it is, but it's already becoming overplayed to me, which is uh, unfortunate. I see I see what you're putting in as the uh, the new thumbnail. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I'm very much enjoying it so far. I'm still in the early stages, but I'm. You know, you and I have been excited for this game for a long time, and I hope you can play it soon, because it's a breeze. I think you'll you'll have a blast with it. I'm having a blast with it, and that's really all I can say. Yeah, Kirby Games has never been challenging in general, so... Yeah, I, this seems especially I easy kind of, by Nintendo standards. Yeah, I kind of find that argument to be... Not, like, weird, but sort of... I have the opinion of, have you ever played a Kirby game <laughs> Like I haven't. Are, That's the thing. <laughs> well, I know that you haven't, but I mean, like, there's some other people where I'm like, I mean, it's Kirby. It's not the most challenging game in the world ever. It's very much a, like, baby easy game that you're just meant to enjoy. Yeah. And that's sort of what I expected in general. Yeah. And to hear you say, like, it's a breeze to play through. I'm like, cool. That's good. That's what I kind of want from a Kirby game. It's just something that I can sit down, not think too hard about, go through, have a blast, and that's what I kind of wanted this game to be. So hopefully uh, I do get to play it, but I've had my time filled with with a specific game in general this last couple, this last weekend. Go ahead. The floor is yours. 
I finally played and completed Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, everybody. Yes, thank you. Hold your applause. I know. I'm a legend. Completed it in a weekend. It's not that long. But, um, what can I say? It's, it's more Borderlands. It, in the simplest way of saying, it's Borderlands with a fantasy D&D coat of paint. And instead of abilities, it's spells. Um, so... Yes, Nick, I see your message right there. <laughs> Nick says, okay, guys, I'll be back in 20 minutes when he's done talking about this game I don't care about. Hey. Yes, that's 100% true. Uh, I'm sure you guys are sick of me talking about it, but it's fun. And it's just one of those games that I like being a game. Because something like a Naughty Dog game like Last of Us or Uncharted. Uncharted there yes, Uncharted. Those will be games that are much more cinematic and bombastic and trying to get at your heartstrings and emotions. And let's make this like a movie that you play. And I'm like, what if we just play a game? <laughs> That's what I like about this is because it's wears all of its influences on its sleeves. It's Dungeons and Dragons. It's playing video games with friends. It's making toys with friends, like playing with action figures. It's creating wild stories as a kid. It's making unicorns princesses that rule over lands with dragon lords, and you're fighting shark dogs, and you have all these spells and guns. It's it's just fun and enjoyable. And I did, and I played it both co-op and solo. I played maybe. 50 60 percent of it co-op the rest of it was solo and i think it worked well both ways this wasn't like borderlands 2 where i was kind of just dying to play with other people mm -hmm. this is one where i can see myself playing with other people and having a better time but i just really enjoyed the world i liked the characters i liked the guns in this one i've Felt like I didn't get as much loot as in 3, which some people thought was a good thing because you were getting loot like crazy in 3 and you were constantly switching out weapons. For about the first half, I didn't really feel like I had good stuff. But then at a certain point, I started getting weapons that I was like, okay, this feels a lot better for what I'm trying to do. I think the classes are well built. I played a spell shot with a multi-class of like a Graveborn. So... My main ability was that I was able to use two spells instead of one. And then I had a little creature that would suck people's blood and give it to me because I was like a uh, necromancer, essentially. Like I was okay. a spell dealer and I was also a necromancer. So it was both of those. But in general, it's it's fun. Harley, I did play the pre-sequel. The only one that I haven't played is Borderlands 1. I've played first hour of borderlands one but pre-sequel i've put time into borderlands two i've put time into and three i put a lot of time into it's definitely closer to like i mean the easiest way to say it is that it's assault on dragon keep which is a borderlands 2 dlc but as a full-length game but in general i think tiny tina's better here than she was in three I think she... Length is about 8 to 10 hours for the main campaign, I think. Maybe, like, 12 to 15. I don't have a number to, like, see how long I played it. But I know that I did 70-30 main campaign to side quests. So, given that it took me all weekend, I probably put maybe, like, 20, 24, maybe to 30 hours into it. 
but you can get through it in about I would say twelve to fifteen, and you won't have as you won't have an issue at all. I think the scaling works a lot better here. There's no true vault hunter mode, so you don't have to go through the campaign again because everything just scales to your level properly, and it's way more balanced I think than other games. But in general, Wonderlands is good. I enjoyed it. I think it's the second best Borderlands game behind two. Mm-hmm. So I think it goes two, this one, pre-sequel three, one is probably what I, nah, pre-sequel one, three, three, one. I like three's gunplay and mechanics better than one from what I've played. Yeah. Two is the only one that I've, that I've sunk any time into. I did a, a playthrough of two with one, two or three friends. We kind of, they kind of swapped in and out, but I played through it once. I enjoyed it. I played like a half hour of three with that same group of friends and we've never come back to it. Um, just not, just not totally my thing. I enjoyed the gameplay, uh, but it was the kind of thing that I played once I got my fill and I think I've just kind of moved on from the series after that. Yeah. It's one of those things of, if you don't like Borderlands, this isn't going to be the thing to win you yeah. over because it is more Borderlands. And that's yeah. been a common complaint about the game is that everyone's like, yeah, it's still Borderlands. I wish that they would do something a little bit more or innovate on it just a little bit more. But for me, this felt way more like 2 than 3. And I think 3 was a little bit of a misstep. Specifically, the story was not there. This one, I'm happy to report, I liked the story a lot in general. I think the villain, who's voiced by Will Arnett, um, mm. is pretty good. I like by the end of it, they get... Um, They tie everything together in a way I didn't think they were going to. And it left me heartwarmed because by the end of it, I knew where the story took place. And it's one of those things of if you've played Assault on Dragon Keep, the ending of this game will make you happy because it's really cool. I enjoyed it. It's it's a Borderlands game for people that love Borderlands. And that's really the easiest way to explain it is... If you like the loot, if you like the humor, if you like the art style, you like the gunplay, all those things, you're most likely going to like Wonderlands. Yeah, I, I tuned into a couple of your Twitch streams here and there, and the clips I saw looked like Borderlands as I remembered it, and I said, yeah, I'm going to go back and play Kirby. Or MLB Which is show. totally cool. I don't blame anyone for doing that. I just think you have so many of these looter shooter games, like you have like Avengers, or you have Destiny, you have The Division, and I feel like this is the best of them Mm -hmm. maybe destiny 2 is better overall but this one calls to me a lot more so it's one of those things of it's i don't know if people would consider it the originator i consider it the originator of the looter shooter genre and i think it's still the one to do it the best in general yeah but lots of side quests a lot of side quests i was surprised by how many there were in this um like I said, good story, good characters. I like it. I recommend it. I paid the 60 for it, and I know that they have a season pass and the first DLC comes out in a month. So I'll probably pick that up at some point. Okay. I, I was trying to think of other questions that I had, but... Uh, oh, I did have actually one thing I was going to ask. So I did see you from time to time in the streams. You would roll the the 20-sided die how does it actually factor into the game it doesn't other than giving you loot so okay that's actually kind of disappointing i was hoping that would be not like the core mechanic of the game but like something that would dictate the game here and there 
No. So there are these 20-sided die that are littered around the world. And when you go up to them, you can punch them or, you know, like just roll them and stuff. And it'll roll a random number for you and that'll give you loot. The more of it you roll, the better your luck becomes, the better loot you get. Um, but it has no bearing on the story. It's not something like a KOTOR or a Dragon Age where you're doing skill checks all this time. Um, or even like a cyberpunk where you need certain skills or levels to be here to get past areas. It's it's not like that. Which, uh, so sorry. Good one. Um, yep, sorry, Harley. I apologize. <laughs> but, um... No, they aren't doing, like, skill checks or anything like that. It's just using the aesthetic of the D&D game to make it, to give you more things to do in an interesting way that makes sense within the context of the world. Okay. Um, But I liked it. I, like I said, I knew, I know what Borderlands is. I wasn't expecting them to do a huge transformation to where they're going to have skill checks or... Uh, abilities, different pathways, endings that you can't get. I was not expecting that at all. So, for me, I got what I expected for the most part. And it was good and enjoyable. And I'd recommend it if Borderlands is your thing. If not, it's not going to be the thing to win you over. Not even close. So, another thing I was going to ask, and this is more, not necessarily about anything specifically in the game itself, but... Did you feel a general lack of buzz for this game? Because personally, you were the only person I've really seen talk about this game at all. And usually if a game is big and getting traction, I'll see it everywhere on Twitter. Like Elden Ring, I'm still still seeing Elden Ring everywhere on Twitter from people I follow and people I don't follow. But this game didn't really seem to make a splash, at least not in everything that I saw. Because I remember Borderlands 3 was the same way. Is that it's, it's not like a niche but it's not it's not going to be like a Zelda or a Mario or anything like that. It's big. It's got a steady fan base and those are most likely the people that you'll hear it from or reviewers. Like something like Paul Tassi, he'll write Forbes articles for it. You'll see a review on IGN or GameSpot or something like that. But other than that, you probably won't hear most people talking about it outside of the specific bubble. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it just didn't seem like, you know, again, if a game gets big, and I feel like I, even with Borderlands 3, I saw more than I did for this game. I know I did have a couple friends that played Borderlands 3, so that was probably why, but I just didn't see much about this game. It seemed like it should have been a bigger relief than it was, at least I mean, theory. Borderlands 3 was also coming off the heels of really two, but pre-sequel was the last one to come out before then. So yeah. it had been about, I think, like seven years since Borderlands mm-hmm. 2 had come out. So there was a bigger buildup to that, and we didn't hear anything about it for years. Whereas with Wonderlands, it was announced, I think, last year? Yeah, it was announced last year, mm-hmm. and since then we've had constant stuff come out. So I'm sure that it was just one of those things of like, oh yeah, it's here. It, we, we know that it's here, and it's a smaller game by comparison to something like that. Yes, I know. I'm sure that I'm the only person that you guys have heard talk about it. Um, and I haven't seen many people talk about it either. But Although our friend Pete, I think, friend, is playing it now. Yes, Pete is playing it. Um, I'm trying to convince friend of the show Max to play it. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, he called him friend of the show Max again. I made the joke uh, a couple weeks ago that his first name is friend of the show and his last name is Max. Because yeah. that's, that's the only way Manny refers to him on here. 
Yes, I only call him friend of the show. I mean, I, I say like friend of the show Steph or friend of the I show know. Edith. I do that with everyone. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, like I said, if you like Borderlands, you'll like this. If you don't, you most likely won't because it's not going to do anything to revolutionize the world. Yeah. It kind but of you know what it is. Oh, oh, what we got? Lego Star Wars 2 oh, next week. I knew, Lego I knew Star it as Wars. soon as I asked. <laughs> yeah. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is next week. And, We're both um, playing that. Uh, we will be both playing that. I'll be playing it on my computer. I think you'll be playing it on your Xbox. I will. Um, I, c- I could get it on the Switch, but why would I do that? Ew, no, that's so gross. I'm sure um, it plays perfectly fine on the Switch. I that That's the kind of game that I imagine won't be super demanding on the Switch. If you know, Obviously, it's not going to be the best version of the game, but I think that's something that's not so demanding that it can't work on the Switch. You have not seen that oh, okay. gameplay, have you? The game is looking to be pretty taxing compared to the other games. I'm not sure how this is going to run on Switch, all things considered. I'm going to be looking for that to see, because I'm always interested to see how things run. Yeah. But, um... Because I do, I get really fascinated with with what does and doesn't work on Switch. Because some, like, I heard Witcher 3 actually works really well on Switch. They obviously had to downgrade it visually quite a bit to get it to that point. But the fact that a big game like that can work on the handheld of the Switch is super impressive because the hardware is fairly limited. So when something actually, when something actually does work, I'm very, I'm just fascinated by it. So I'm always curious when they try a big new game like this. And even the same day, MLB The Show 22 comes out on all consoles, including Switch this time, which it didn't last year. So that I'm especially curious because I don't think it's going to be a cloud edition like they've been doing. I think it's just just straight up going to be that game on the Switch. And that I cannot I cannot actually fathom. Oh, I've seen it run on the Switch. Not great, Bob. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's one to, to say it. Uh, to it's just it's, it's just funny because it's one of those things where it was the same thing with the Wii. No one wanted to make games for the Wii, but the Wii sold $100 million. How could you not at least try and cash in on that? It's the same with the Switch now. Switch is outsold or very close to outselling the Wii, so they have to put stuff on Switch because that's such a big market that they just... Even though I think most of the Switch fan base either has other consoles or absolutely will not be getting other consoles and they don't care about those games, I feel like that's pretty much the two areas that Nintendo fans fall into. So... I don't know how much that's actually going to affect the bottom line if you port your game to the Switch, but everybody feels like they have to. Yeah, and this is one that... And I sent you a photo of MLB on the Switch. Ooh, that um, N64 game looking great. Yeah, it is very rough. But in general, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see... Yes, Jay, because I took a screenshot. Um, oh, I, I will that. be interested to see how it'll run on Switch because mm-hmm. even something like Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 does not run fantastic on okay. a Switch. So comparatively, a much bigger game, a different engine, way higher graphics compared to the other ones, much more ambitious with the with the hub worlds and all those other things. So I'm curious to see how that'll run. I'm I don't think Digital Foundry will do a video for it but if they do i'll watch that and i will report back because i love digital foundry and what they do over there mm. but yeah that is next week that is a week away from us as ever this recording yes it is i will have class next tuesday oh. but as soon as that is done i will be coming here and i will <laughs> be playing i mean i'll actually be playing the night before 
and staying up like a degenerate. Like yeah. I did with Wonderlands, I did the same thing. Um, <laughs> I will be doing that with Lego Star Wars, but then I will also come back after class and pretty much just try to play that all day long. Yeah. So it'll be a I very might busy, do a stream uh, for weeks. it. Yeah, yes, I was going to say, it's about to say, it'll be a very busy couple weeks of Twitch, because we'll have that. Um, I'll probably be playing MLB 22 the show. We might have a special guest for MLB. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But yeah, two new games pop- dropping on the same day that I'm interested in both, and I'm also I'm also interested in one of them, uh, which you're not as much, but we have plans for MLB. Oh, MLB? Yeah. I mean, I like MLB the show. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things of like, I wish I was better at it to play it more. But yeah, I, I, I put I, in the time that I'm not good, but I'm, you know, I put in so much time that it feels unfair when I have to play you in a regular game, which which kind of sucks. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I always, I, I like, I always I, say, I like, be, I, I cheat you out, like, you cheat me out of games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't care. It reminds me of, like, middle school and going to friends' houses and playing it and getting destroyed either way. Yeah. Playing that you, on a you know PS3. I can't, I, if, I'm, if I'm losing, I'm not having fun. That's just how I am. Yeah, but I mean, like, we also do modes like Home Run Derby or stupid stuff like that. So, yeah. either way, it's fun. Lego Star Wars next week. Also next week, because I can't see it this week, is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm April so 8th mad. is the wide release. It is the wide release. We, it should have been last week, but it was a limited, so we couldn't go and actually watch it. Yeah. And I did see from, I think, I think A24 is the studio. They tweeted yesterday that it's expanding into eight more cities. And I checked, and it's certainly uh, not either of the cities that we're close to. N- none of those are in there. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So we have, it's you... like it expanded. It's not just New York and L.A. It's like Denver and Austin and a couple, like a few others. But yeah, wide release April 8th, the same day, <clears throat> excuse me, the same day as Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which... Uh, will probably be our next commentary, actually. will be the first song for Hedgehog. we got to get that done at some point. It uh, most likely will be. Yeah. And I'll have to try and find the time to go see those two movies next weekend. I'm not sure if I will, if I will have the time to, but I will do my dam- do my absolute damnedest to at least see everything everywhere all at once because I know Sonic will be in theaters longer. Yeah, Sonic will. I really want to go see everywhere. Everything. <laughs> All everything once. everything everywhere. everywhere all at once i know i said it backwards but um yeah other than that is there anything else that we want to talk about um you guys can start sending questions if you have any uh we will answer some questions as we always do in these. while the questions come in i do want to take oh, the time yeah. and talk about something that happened over the weekend that was Honestly, very shocking, and um, and it hit close. Over the weekend, we lost Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. Um, we've done a couple episodes talking about Foo Fighters, and it's my favorite band. And hearing that he had passed was something that I wasn't ready to hear. I was genuinely shocked and taken aback by the news and i just wanted to say just say a couple words for taylor um his music really did get me through a lot of hard times in middle school and in high school the music of foo fighters has stayed with me since i heard them 10 
11 years ago for the first time, which I know doesn't sound very long for people like Bobby or people that grew up listening to Nirvana and then going to Foo Fighters. But for me, that's a long time to be listening to a musician. So it, hearing about his passing was something that hit really hard. And I know that it hit hard across um, the entire world. And it just proves how awesome of a guy and musician he was. And the common thing that I was seeing was to be a drummer with one of the greatest drummers in the world and to outshine them or to stand toe-to-toe with them and never feel like you're in the background or the shadow of them proves something about your musical talent. And Taylor was just always a fantastic drummer, a light to so many people. And it's going to be very hard to... (laughs) hear Foo Fighters songs knowing that he's passed. So I just wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about that. Yeah, no, I don't have the amount of time spent with them in my life as a major factor as you do. Um, I've I'd heard Foo Fighters here and there. I'd heard the biggest songs throughout my life, but I'd never really gotten into them until last year. And it was mostly thanks to you that I actually buckled down and went through their whole discography and ultimately that led to me going to my first concert of any kind ever which was Foo Fighters last August and didn't know I didn't still didn't really know who anybody else in the band was um when I walked in when I walked out Taylor was the person that I was remembering because he took over on vocals and he sang somebody to love as he would always do at his shows and that was some of the most fun that I had at that particular show which the show as a whole was one of the best experiences of my entire life and he was someone who took the attention away from Dave and made that song his own and left me left an impression on me as I walked out of there a much bigger fan than I walked in. And since then, I've gotten more and more into their music. I'm more acquainted with everything. I read Dave's book, which um, if, if you guys have seen the passage in Dave's book talking about Taylor, when I read it a couple weeks ago, uh, it was profound to me then. And it's obviously more profound now seeing someone like Dave, who has now lost the second best friend in his life that he's lost. Um, actually his third, because his childhood best friend also passed away, um, I think like 10 years ago. Um, so he's, he's, Dave's been through a lot. I can't imagine how he's feeling right now, but seeing how much he cared for Taylor, Taylor's been there, not since the very beginning. I think Color and the Shape, their second album was when he showed up, but he's been there essentially the entire run of the band as it's been a band because the first album was Dave doing everything himself. So he's been there basically since the formation of it as a, a true band. And it's been 25 years now, and it's just wild to me that you and I had never seen them before. And now, looking back, we caught them at the very end of an era, basically. You especially, because it's only been a couple weeks for you since you saw them live. Um, Just kind of shows you how fleeting life can be and how suddenly stuff like this can happen. And we don't need to get into the cause of death or anything like that, but it was just, obviously he was 50. He's just a couple months older than my dad. It was just sudden. It was heartbreaking. Obviously, I think they announced today that they're postponing all their current tour dates. No idea when they'll be back. Obviously, it'll be it'll take some time, and hopefully, they can they can come back in whatever form they choose to come back in. Um, but yeah, it it just sucks. Even as someone who's not as experienced with the band and hasn't followed them, hasn't followed music in general for nearly as long as everyone else, and just seeing the outpouring from people in the the entire industry that I didn't even know knew him, um, that that was powerful just kind of seeing moments like this when people can come together as a community and you know it sucks but at least we got to see people come together and at least you and i got to see foo fighters as they were performed live before you know everything has to change for them in whatever form they may take in the future but yeah it's it's a shitty loss it, it 
it was it, obviously again doesn't doesn't affect me as much as other people because I don't have that experience with them. But it shocked me when I saw it, and it just sucked that he died so so damn young. Yeah, and and Harley says like even as someone who hasn't dived much into Foo Fighters, the guy was touring drummer for Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill, uh, which makes him a legend in my book, a hundred percent. Like he was a drummer for Alanis, he had his own stuff going on. Obviously, he drummed with Foo Fighters, so he was a very multifaceted man. And I don't want to talk about <laughs> cause of death because, in my opinion, it's not important because. Yeah. That's not, it's not who he was. (laughs) Like, a cause of death is just one little blip in the extended life that you live. And hearing everyone say all the good stuff that he was, that's the only thing that matters, in my opinion. He was a father, he was a husband, he was a musician, and I think think it's him that has a quote where he says like i'm i'm a musician i'm not a rock star because like he want like he was taking it very seriously every step of the way and that's something that you watch something like back and forth their documentary um or you hear him on howard stern show like it music was very much a passion for him and something that he always took very seriously and i don't want to just have people say certain things about him because that's not who he was that might be things that he's done but it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of life it's the impression that he leaves with people and I was seeing stories of like a little girl who was saying that he was like her favorite drummer he got her into drums when she was very young and she was playing outside the hotel and he came down and he took photos and he like was just hanging out with her and those are the things that really I just love hearing about people in general but something about like foos guys in general like Dave will do the same thing Taylor will do it like these are all stand-up guys and to lose someone like him in a time like this is just very sad so that's all I really want to say was um to rest in peace taylor hawkins he's a legend he's always going to be a legend and um yeah guys go go listen to foo fighters music if you can if you can't i completely get it it was hard for me but keep his memory in keep him in your memories especially when you listen to music because he was very much an influence to a lot of people so that's that's really all i wanted to say on this topic yeah I don't have anything else to add as far as that goes. Yeah. Does anyone have any questions or anything that they want to talk about before we head out of here? There was something that I was going to bring up at some point, and I've totally forgotten it. See if I can remember this. It might have been movie-related. I'm trying to think of what it could be. Have you been watching anything lately that you want to talk about? I saw King Richard for oh, no particular right. reason. I saw French well, Dispatch. It was, the, it was the night after the Oscars, so that would probably be your reason. Well, you I just it. wanted... Yes, I was making a joke. But I um, but I had been wanting to watch King Richard before that, and I just didn't get a chance to. I saw French Dispatch, and I was disappointed. 
Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where I liked the style a lot more than I liked the actual stories being told. Um, trying to think, what else have I watched? Let's go to the good old boxed. What did you actually about think about King Richard? In. Oh, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a 3.5 yeah. for me. Yeah, probably that. Yeah, good it performances was an enjoyable sports biopic. Nothing, nothing like super memorable. I liked Will in it. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I would have given him best actor or anything, but wasn't a performance that I was mad at winning or anything like that. But it's just kind of a solid formulaic sports biopic. Mm-hmm. I won't remember it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Did I talk about X? On here, I don't think so, no. I saw X. I liked it. I find more and more that I like slashers than I do supernatural horror or elevated horror, as people say. Mm-hmm. Give me schlock. Um, but X was good. It was cool. I enjoyed it. Went and saw that with my brother while I was home for spring break. X didn't seem like it's just doesn't seem like my kind of schlock, I wouldn't say. Hmm. I might watch it eventually. I'll probably, like, if it gets put on streaming somewhere, I might give it a shot. But I could have gone to see it, and it's been a couple weeks, and I still have had no desire to. And I've heard some mixed reception from from friends I know that have uh, seen it. One friend I talked to today, he went to see it, and he was not a fan at all. So, it, yeah, it seems mostly positive, but that still doesn't seem like it would be my thing, I suppose. Yeah. I feel like you'd see it, and you'd be like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Or I would just be like, nope, didn't care for that at all. I don't see myself being like, wow, I really liked that. I just can't see that. Hmm. Uh, what? Did you see something that I had? You saw Whiplash. Oh, that's right. I did. Yeah. We haven't talked about your opinions on Whiplash. I guess we should talk about Whiplash, huh? Yeah. It would be an all-timer if Miles Teller were a better actor. That's my take on Whiplash. Dang. He was the biggest shortcoming to me. It's not like Ansel Elgort in West Side Story where I just think he's not good and everybody else is outshining him. Like, Moth Teller isn't bad. He's just not bringing it to me enough, I guess. It's, I don't even know how to say it. He's just, like, every time I see him in something, he's always missing something as an, as an actor. I never know, I guess I never know how I'm supposed to feel about him. This movie, I know he's supposed to be getting more and more obsessed as it goes and all that. But I also want to be more sympathetic for him than I am, I guess. And you're not supposed to be sympathetic for him 100% of the time, but I feel like a better actor would get me having more, at least conflicted feelings about him, but I just don't like him in the movie, and I think that's a problem. Mm. J.K. Simmons is out of this world, as everyone has has said. He's great. Like, he's great in everything, but yeah, this is some of his best work. Like, it's this and J. Jonah Jameson, probably, for his his best work of his career. And they're very similar characters. (laughs) No, I think J.K. is awesome in the movie. Um, Yeah, I think I've talked about it before, but I really love the movie. I think, for me personally, it just flies by. I think it has a really good pace to it in general, and I think everyone is really good in it. Uh, Yeah. It doesn't drag to me. It feels exactly as long as it is. It doesn't, it doesn't fly yeah. by, it doesn't drag, it feels hour 46 or whatever it is. It feels exactly that to me. <laughs> Alright, he says, I know he's missing empathy for his fellow <laughs> cast and crew members, but that's probably not. Oh yeah, no, I, I hate 
Miles Teller as a person. He rubbed me the wrong way, seemed like an obnoxious douche before, and uh, everything that I've heard the past couple of years about his onset behavior uh, seems to have justified my opinion as far as that goes. But I can, you know, as long as they're not just an outright, you know, abusive person, uh, like some like some people in Hollywood have been, I can separate the art from the artist in that sense. I can at least, uh, again, Harley, I know you say there's no objectively, but I can at least try and judge a performance on its own merit, and he's never done it for me in anything that I've seen him in. And I feel like this would have been the movie to change my tune with him, and it, it didn't, so. Yeah. Which is, you know, it is what it is. I think it's his best performance in general. I would agree with that, but... Yeah, he was just fine, and I, I needed him to be great for that movie to totally work for me. Yeah. I mean, we'll see him in The Godfather show. That's when we'll see his best I'm work. I'm not watching that. <laughs> uh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, you talked about Halo? Yeah, you know, you just I just thought remembered of? that. Yeah, because yeah. Paramount Plus. Watch the pilot for Halo. Um, better than I expected. I've heard it, it dips immediately in episode two. I have no idea of the specifics of this. Um, but yeah, I was actually surprised... They, they really cram a lot of stuff and development into that first episode. It feels like what would happen over the course of a season happened in this one episode. Um, I feel like they should have done more establishing the world, or not just, I say world, obviously it takes place on multiple planets and a lot of it is in space, but like the universe of the show, because it's not the canon of the games. Uh, and also, just you should assume that you have people that are consuming halo media for the first time like that's just a good rule of thumb is you should always assume it's someone's first time with something so you don't have to bog things down with exposition explaining everything about your world i think the first halo game does a good job of uh feeding you stuff as you go but still throwing you uh still throwing you in as a story i think that story-wise the first game still works in that regard this show it does throw you in and you get very basic basic establishment but you already have like dissension in the unsc uh you you already have all this stuff happening um i don't know i guess should nah, i just probably just won't talk about spoilers just to be safe because um I, I don't know anybody here that still hasn't seen well i guess you haven't seen the show yet have you i have not okay then i won't go into i won't go into details but there's already a lot of stuff that i feel like <laughs> Uh, should be reserved maybe for at least later in this season or in later seasons, but it's already happening and it feels a little too quick for that because they should still be trying to establish stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if it just totally falls off a cliff. Um, but as far as pilots go, this was a decent enough pilot. Uh, the show looks better than I thought it would. Um, it's, I still think it looks a little cheap, but in terms of how cheap I thought it would look, it looks better than that. Um, but yeah, we were talking, I mentioned earlier about how Tiny Tina didn't really make a splash. This show, and I mean, that's just the streaming landscape we're in now. This show made zero splash pretty much outside of a couple people in our Discord that I've seen. Like, I have no idea if like anybody in the general world has actually watched this show or cares about this show. My guess is no, because I don't think that many people care about Paramount+. Plus, and I don't think really anything they add will make people care about Paramount+. Plus. Um, People cared about iCarly. Like, calm your tits. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Enough for it to be a real viable streaming service? No. 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 What was I going to say? Com All right. So, I know that I hate it on the show a lot, but this compared to Book of Boba Fett, which one looked better? Um, 
I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm actually kind of, I've forgotten a lot of details of this pilot already, which may be not a great sign. Um, Book of Boba Fett had more egregious green screen moments that I can remember, but also because of that, um, whatever it's called, that set that they the volume. For, well, yeah, whatever that set is. that they It's called the, the volume. Screen. Okay, is that it? I thought there was another name. No, it's called Yeah, the with volume. the screens and everything in the background. I think the backgrounds in Boba Fett look fine. Because uh, it's the same they do, same thing they do in Mando. I think the way they do that, at least the backgrounds look fine. It doesn't look like cheap sets or super duper obvious green screen. It looks okay, um, but there's still moments where the Boba Fett looks really cheap, and I think Halo uh, on the whole looks cheaper cheaper than Boba Fett, but it had less moments where it looked bad. But also that's one episode versus, and also the pilot, which is the one they probably spent the most money on, versus a whole season of a show that I saw. Yeah, because I was just Richard. Richard says like a bantha. Oh yeah, my favorite turn. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a soundbite, and I'm gonna make that when someone subscribes to something, and it'll just say like Ooh, a bantha. Yeah, that's a good. But idea. it'll be my version, not not the crappy Book of Boba Fett one. Mm, yeah, his version was good. I've I've got his version. Yes, um, that was a good version. Yeah, so I'll I'll keep watching it. Like there's. This show was announced nine years ago when the Xbox One was unveiled. Uh, I've been waiting for this show. I mean, I've been waiting for a Halo movie or show for my entire life that I've been a fan. So there's no way I was not at least giving this a try. I'll probably get through this season and see how I'm feeling then. Um, but yeah, a, a decent enough start. I'll see I'll see how it goes. Um, I've, I wish I hadn't heard that it fell off a cliff in episode two because I'm, I'm curious if I would have felt that way regardless. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Um, but I'll, I'll stick with it, at least for this season. Um, I know I don't watch TV, and it feels <laughs> it's funny that this show, of all things, is the one that I'm actually watching. But again, there was no way I wasn't seeing this show. I mean, Other it's t- not that you don't watch TV, because you you watch a couple things. You watch yeah. Better Call Saul, you watch Ted yeah, Lasso, Better Call Saul, you watch New Halo. season of Better Call Saul is coming. Yes. So I'm going to rewatch the last season uh, before this one. I think it's two weeks Maybe a little more than two weeks from right now that the final season of Better Call Saul, part one of the final season, I should say, uh, starts airing. And Breaking Bad, I, I love Breaking Bad, and I rewatched that a couple years ago before El Camino, and that convinced me to finally give Better Call Saul a proper try. Because I saw the first two seasons when I was living at home, and then once I went to college, I fell off and didn't stick with it. But went back, Better Call Saul is excellent all the way through so far. I'm quite confident in it sticking to the landing. After that, the amount of shows I watch, I really don't know. Um, Ted Lasso, I'll eventually watch when the third season is like completed. Mm. I'll probably watch the new Stranger Things when it drops because I have watched all the Stranger Things in the past. Even though that's another show that I don't really have that much passion for, it's like it's a good binge show. I'll watch it. I'll watch it, and then it'll, I'll forget about it immediately until I watch watch the next season or I rewatch the season at, at at some point. Yeah, it's kind of wild that Stranger Things season. Mm-hmm three was three years ago i know by the time that the next season comes out it's yeah it's weird i watched I like all, all, the, all in a day too i did did i yeah, fourth, fourth i might july. have i might have seen it between like two days but i know that i saw it pretty quick as well yeah well i watched like half of it one night then we my me and uh my friend we went to sleep and then we watched the rest of it the next morning yeah so it was like in a one day span not all in one sitting yeah, that's probably what I did too. I probably did it within like a one day span. I I liked three. I liked yeah. it more than two. I did too. I still, I I haven't. I've seen one and two twice each. I rewatched them before three, and 
I liked three a lot when I watched it. I don't know if I like it more than the first one, but yeah, we'll yeah. see if I rewatch all of Stranger Things. I'll probably maybe just rewatch three. I don't know yet because I've also thought about it. I also like th- I started rewatching Daredevil as well because they oh, got added right. Disney Plus. Um, but I'm I'm sure that's gonna be like a slow watch for me because I watch things when I go to bed. And I mm-hmm. take a couple days to get through a couple episodes at a time. So I'm sure that one will be a little bit of a longer watch. But Moon Knight tomorrow, you don't care, but I'll watch it. That's um, tomorrow? Tonight, technically. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, <laughs> um, I saw it had a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, which by TV standards sounds pretty bad. Because <laughs> I feel like TV always gets like 100% or in the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes, like any TV show. Which is very interesting because everything that I was seeing beforehand was that it was really good. And I yeah, haven't just, seen it. I haven't seen someone say anything bad about it. So I'm very I haven't seen anything particular, like, particular about it. I've seen no actual opinions. I just saw the Rotten Tomatoes score. And I feel like in my experience, TV on Rotten Tomatoes, like every show gets in the 90s. So if a show is below that, it's a, usually a bad indicator. But I don't like I that's just a general rule that I've kind of followed because TV on Rotten Tomatoes is broken. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen what the Halo show has on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it has something in the 50s on Metacritic as of now. I don't know how much they had access to there, but yeah. Yeah, me neither. They're always a bit weird. Hey, I typed in Halo Rotten Tomatoes and Ellis is there. Hey, Mark Ellis. We love Mark Ellis. Friend of the show, Mark Ellis. (laughs) Not friend of the show. (laughs) Uh, It's at a 60, by the way. 60%? Yeah. Yeah, Halo's at a 60 even for uh, audience and reviews. Mm. And critics. Yeah, that sounds about right. There's stuff to like. Um, There's some potential there. Uh, It's interesting, though. I guess, going back to Halo for a second. Pablo Schreiber is Master Chief. Um, His performance is fine. His voice does not feel like Master Chief. That, that's yeah, I when saying. I watched it, I was like, that sounds like Mando, not like Chief. <laughs> it does, which, yeah. He, need, which is they, kind he of needs the, more punch to that voice. They need to do something in the audio editing to give that voice more punch. It needs to be yeah. more pronounced. It, it needs to sound less like an intercom through a helmet. It needs to just sound like he's talking. It needs to just sound like Cortana. Mm-hmm. Um, which we do have Jen Taylor eventually showing up as Cortana, which I'm excited for. Yes, I heard that. Well, never mind. I can't. I was about to say something, but I'm not going to. Okay. Um, okay. Um, yes, Jen Taylor is coming as Cortana at some point in the season. Um, kind of curious why they didn't just cast Jen Taylor to be Halsey as well, but mm. whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, that was very interesting. I actually like, I cannot remember her name. She's from Billy Madison, I'm pretty sure. She looked um, fine as Halsey. When, yeah, from no, she what was I've good. Seen. She looked good. She was good. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'm interesting why they thought her, her Cortana just wasn't working so much that they actually brought uh, Jen Taylor in. Yeah, I'd be that's one of those the behind the things where, like, that. I wonder if they would have gotten Steve Downs to do the voice of Master. Like, they totally could have. He but could have, but I know well, that they do a thing, mm-hmm. and which means I'm, he can't. Yes, and he couldn't have. Which, but by us saying this, you guys know exactly what we mean. But I mean, it was it's all over the internet. It's yeah, they were very open about what they were gonna do. Yeah, which I'm fine with. You're doing something different. It's fine. You haven't established that level of myth with him here, so that's okay to me. Yeah, me you too. have to I, make him more of a character. Maybe that 
wow, that was a very big <laughs> what crack. A, what a voice crack. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's, like, my issue with people, like, critiquing the show is that they're critiquing it on the level of the games rather than its own yeah. thing. Which, which is unfair. But also, you know, I have that level of baggage with Halo 2 where I'm like, Master Chief has to sound like this, and he doesn't. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. He doesn't sound like this. I don't know if I like that. But that's because I have my own idea of what Master Chief sounds like from 20 years of Halo games. I yes. can't I can't shake that history that I have with it. Sure. And I'm sure, like, that's what a lot of people have as well. But, like, even people were saying, like, yeah, this is the silver timeline. It has nothing to do with the games. And then people were like, well, why isn't this like the games? I'm like, guys, it's a, it, they're doing their own thing. <laughs> Characters yeah. are the same. Worlds are the same. I know that there's a certain planet on there that's mm-hmm. integral to Halo that they've introduced. So I'm like, yeah, things are going to be, like, similar and have similar names, but they're going to do their own thing and try to take the core elements rather than things that can be replaced for a different adaptation. So that's just kind of my opinion. That's my opinion with a lot of things, too. Like, comic book movies are never the same as the actual books that they're based on. Yeah, like what Jay said. He says media doesn't always have to be in-universe or crossover. 100%. Like, you could do something Ooh, Harley yeah. has a good question. He says, what other sci-fi video game series would you give a high fantasy spinoff like Borderlands slash Wonderlands? Hmm. Oh, okay. I, I totally misinterpreted the question. I thought so you meant what's something. So what's would... a sci-fi game that you would... Yes. <sighs> Doom? I actually... Mm, I was going to say Halo with a fantasy element might actually be interesting, but... Uh, I I don't... I feel like Infinite is kind of that. Not, like, fantasy, but... Yeah, I'm trying to yeah, think. I don't know. Because they do, like, they incorporate incorporate wildlife and stuff into into the Halo games and stuff like that, but... Yeah. Maybe, like, a dead space? Like, you're going through yeah. catacombs underneath and you have uh, witches and demons and all those things that are coming up as you're going through catacombs of certain areas. Mm-hmm. Maybe that one. It could be like Dead Hell or something. I don't know. Um, high fantasy spinoff. Let's think. What other ones? I don't want to say Mass Effect because Mass Effect high fantasy is Dragon Age. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. In terms of series I've played that I could actually speak on, there really aren't that many in this regard, so I don't really have much to add. Give me a high fantasy Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It wouldn't be that good. Sci-fi games that could be high fantasy. Great, now I'm thinking about this. Yeah, and I, I don't really have any... Again, I don't have anything to add, so I don't know what to say here. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of struggling too. This is good audio, Harley. Thank you. This is very good audio, <laughs> Harley. I mean, we're still keeping the audience engaged. Sci-fi, mm-hmm. high well, fantasy. Well, speak for yourself. Give me a No Man's Sky, but fantasy-based. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad shout. Instead of, like, going through different planets, you're going through different uh, portals. and Yeah, different realms uh, and shit. Realms, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That would be fun. That could be fun. Maybe, like, Astroneer as well. I don't know if you've ever played Astroneer. Have not. Um, it's, I guess it's like Minecraft in space, 
like you land on the planet and you're there to get resources, build up your space base, get like vehicles or different things like that to eventually get off the planet and go see a bunch of other ones. So maybe mm-hmm. like that, but medieval, but you could say, oh, that's Valheim. Yeah. So something I was just thinking of, um, of, a, of a game that I played a couple hours of that I need to get back to of something that is kind of both sci-fi and fantasy is Xenoblade. Um, mm. Xenoblade ha- has much more of a sci-fi element to it than I realized. And it's kind of, it's not like totally fantasy either, but it's kind of a mix of both. Yeah. Oh, I knew Harley would have something to say about Mass Effect. And Bobby has a good one. He says, but hear me out. What if Masters of the Universe was Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars? Bobby, that's a fantastic idea. It'll never work. We need to make it more like Guardians of the Galaxy. We need to make it like Thor Ragnarok, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Harley says, fuck you, Nick. It's not my job to make y'all content. I'm trying here. (laughs) No, we know, Harley. We appreciate you, as always. (laughs) <laughs> now Nick okay what do you got imagine this imagine you have a game right where you uh-huh. have like you're going through this world and you're hearing all this music right you're hearing these songs uh-huh. you're like oh I know this song right and then you meet some random like wanderer as you're there and they go yeah this song was John and then they mm-hmm. just walk away <laughs> and then you keep walking I knew where you were going. And then you're going to play, like, another song, right? And you're going through, like, all this existential stuff. You see another Wanderer, and they're like, this one was Paul. And they just walk away. Isn't this what the Artful Escape is? <laughs> kind of. That's what I was thinking of when I was <laughs> making this. It's like somewhere, it's like Artful Escape and Outer Wilds together with a Beatles twist. Yeah. That's exactly what it would be. With a Beatles twist. Exactly. Uh-huh. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Artful Escape, but the cast is all Beatles. Same mm. like John Legend. John Legend. John, John Legend. Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> John Lennon and Paul McCartney. And they're just guiding you through the world. Now, now you've got me thinking of the alternate universe where uh, John Lennon <laughs> is in La La Land in the John Legend role. And John Legend plays John Lennon in Yesterday. You've got me thinking about this now. You want to save jazz, but you don't want to update it. <laughs> oh. Anyways, yeah. Oh, so we just like um, ma- yes. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say we just like making fun of Nick for not knowing who sung Beatles. Oh songs. yeah, no, and I I I enjoy it even though I'm becoming more well versed in the Beatles. I'm through their first four albums, I think, maybe five. Harley says, "Give me the Beatles JRPG." <laughs> I need Ringo. St- I need Ringo. St- <laughs> I need- <laughs> I need Ringo Summon. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. When I was testing out my uh, headphones uh, before we um, before we start recording, I turn on Spotify as I always do to make sure that I'm getting the audio coming through. Um, so I, I have a Blink One A Two mix that Spotify made for me that I just pressed play on, and the song it it played for me. And you're about to get mad at me for not knowing about this. It's a Bowling for Soup song. The theme is song it, for Phineas and is Ferb. It Ferb. Yes. Yeah, had no idea that was a Bowling for Soup song. Oh boy. And never seen the show. It was a little bit after my time. Yeah, no, I. Uh, that was something I thought you'd be mad at me for. Verb. That one, not so much, because people don't know that Bowling for Soup did it. Like I know Bowling for Soup because of Phineas and Ferb. Okay, 
Yeah, I feel and like, I know um, like people are the other. Jay way says, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jay. I don't Bowling know for if soup he... did did the Phineas and, Fer- Phineas and Ferb theme song. Are you mad yeah. that I don't know, or did you just not know that? Yes, it's very. We need to clarify what we need, you haven't seen. You haven't Phineas seen Phineas and Ferb. There what is go. happening? <laughs> I had classmates like, that had seen it, but I think it was mostly people a couple years younger than me that saw it. And I am a couple because like years I was done with Disney Channel by the time I was like six. I think Phineas and Ferb was like oh five oh six when I was seven or eight when that show started. I think it was later. So even later would mean I definitely wasn't watching that at that point. Something tells me I, it was like oh nine. Oh, two thousand seven. It was 2007. Yeah, 07 was kind of what I was kind of what I figured. So yeah, I would have been nine years old. I was far past watching anything on Disney Channel or anything at that point. Um, yeah, pretty much by the time or from the time I was seven, I was watching SpongeBob and sports and wrestling, and that was pretty much my TV diet. Yeah, I was prime age to be watching this, and I did. Oh no! Oh, do you see what Jay just put in the chat? I don't know what he say, Nick. We need to have an intervention if he's. Su- Jay, <laughs> Jay, I don't know how to say this to you. <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender is my favorite show of all time. And I like Legend of Korra a lot as well. I'm not one of those people that hates Korra. Nick has never seen a single episode of either show. Now, Jay, you can't lose it because you said if I said that, then you would lose it. Manny said that, so you're fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's never seen Avatar. And... It's partly our fault because Elena and I have talked about doing watch-alongs for Nick to watch Avatar, and we just haven't been able to schedule them. It's very difficult to schedule with the three of us, which is is very difficult. It's understandable that it's difficult to schedule the three of us together. Yeah, they have a life. You have classes. I have to get up at 4 a.m. some mornings. It's just difficult. It is difficult. So when we do get something in, it's, um, we cherish it. Jay says this cannot be real. Brother, I have literally only seen Spongebob and nothing else on Nickelodeon pretty much ever. Man said brother. You didn't watch Danny Phantom? (laughs) No, no, I think I probably watched a couple episodes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that uh, I do not actually want to be anything like Hulk Hogan. I will retract the use of the word brother there because uh, (laughs) any association with Hulk Hogan is not a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, except for that one. No, yeah. Anyways, uh, isn't Chris Hemsworth playing Hulk Hogan? That was allegedly what was going to happen. That was like four years ago that that story, that that story happened. Yeah, I'm like, and where is you that who's movie? Gonna make, you remember who's going to make the movie? Isn't it Vince McMahon? Uh, well, I think I think at least Hogan and maybe Vince McMahon are producing it, but Todd Phillips is going to write and direct that, oh allegedly. And, we haven't uh, heard anything from Todd Phillips since Joker came out. He's going to make Joker 2, I'm guessing. Supposedly. Yeah. It's yeah, been I forgot about years. that too, Harley. Um, yeah, like I put zero stock in that movie because like any wrestling movie I get, even The Wrestler, which is a good movie, has some stuff about it that I just don't like as a wrestling fan. Um, so something like fighting with my family, especially with uh, WWE attached to it and making it, I knew it would be just a ton of bullshit. So I just didn't bother with that movie because it was going to piss me off no matter how enjoyable it might have been as a movie. That was one of those things where my baggage going into it would have been too much, and I would have been unfair to the movie. And now you so know this Hulk Hogan people. biopic, whose story I know, and who I know as a person, he fucking bullshits everybody all the time. He tells tall tales, he just tells blatant lies here and there, everywhere. Uh, him producing that movie was the death knell for that movie, as far as I was concerned. 
at least as far as my interest in it, because you're just not gonna, I mean, it's a movie, I know, but you're gonna get such a, such bullshit in that movie, if it actually happens, like, to a crazy degree, and I have no idea why Chris Hemsworth agreed to be a part of it. Welcome to every biopic ever. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not every biopic that your guy, the person that your your subject is, was literally caught on tape saying the N-word repeatedly. Yeah. And then literally saying, I'm racist to a point. To a point, Nick, okay? To a point. <laughs> yeah, the, and then immediately after that, he said, he said the N-word again. Yeah. That's the point, apparently. Anyway, moving on from that, sorry. And Jamie Foxx is supposed to be Mike Tyson. Oh, is it this weekend? What is it, Sunday? Uh, Saturday and Sunday. You and I, if we Ooh. watch it together, it will be Saturday. I might not my be here Saturday. Oh, no. A friend of mine offered me tickets to go see Billie Eilish. <laughs> so Sorry I to might... hear that. Fuck you, Nick. <laughs> she's fine. I, I, she's a good singer. Too dramatic for my liking in terms of actually liking the songs, but she's a ver- she's extremely talented. Yeah, and That's I don't really and I don't love all her music, but I mean, I would still want to go to a concert. Mm. Here, there, and everywhere is Paul says Harley. Thanks, Harley. Was <laughs> Hulk, Hulk Hogan in a, in a lawsuit, lawsuit about his wang? Yes. Um. So Hulk Hogan did a sex tape with his best friend his uh, former best friend's wife in like the early 2010s while his best friend was in the other room fully aware of what was going on and that was part of the material used in the lawsuit that ultimately i believe got gawker shut down a couple years ago that was part of the uh material provided by the prosecution i guess uh, i don't know the case particularly well uh but yeah, Hulk Hogan's wang was indeed part of a legal case that ultimately got Gawker shut down. And that was where his, that whole legal proceeding was where the tape of him saying the N-word surfaced. Mm. Wrestling's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, WrestleMania is this Saturday and this Sunday. It'll be, uh, I think, 7 o'clock my time. I have uh, a bit of overlap because... The University of Kansas uh, Jayhawks men's basketball team has made the final four, everybody, and uh, they play at 5 p.m. my time, and games in uh, college take roughly two to two and a half hours, depending on how close they are, so I'll have probably a little bit of crossover with WrestleMania on Saturday night, which will hopefully not matter, because ideally KU will have blown out Villanova, and I can skip the last few minutes of the game so I can start WrestleMania, but I'll probably have to do a little split screen until the game is over. That was all I have to talk about sports. Okay. Jay says go UNC. At least in this first game against Duke. Okay, now I'm done with sports. Now you're done with sports. Yeah. Now, guys, we need to talk about something. We have to talk about Kevin. No, but I hear it's a good movie. Okay. I was going to say, we need to talk about the fact that the Atlanta Falcons were in the NFC East. Can you believe this? <laughs> Can you believe this? For decades, this? and no one said anything. No one said a thing. Like, Atlanta is on the East Coast. Why were they on the West? I mean, do you know the Dallas Cowboys to this day play in the NFC East? East? Yes, I do know They're in that Dallas. One. Yeah, I know. Westerns are set in Texas. Westerns, and they play in the East. I mean, but isn't it kind of best if we just don't associate with Texas at all? Except for Harley. 
Yeah, Harley's like the one good thing in Texas. And uh, Kyle's from Texas. Kyle doesn't live there. Kyle is from Texas, yes. Yeah. I don't think we have anybody else in our Discord that lives in Texas at the moment. Not that I'm aware of. Not that I can think of. I know a couple cool people that live in Texas, so we can we can save them. Uh, what sport yeah. should the Xbox exclusive characters have a Mario style game for? <laughs> Ooh, <sighs> it's hard not to say like rugby. duck hunting. Oh, rugby! Want, that's a good I one. I want I want Master Chief to play rugby with a uh, fucking a Forza car, Chief versus car. <laughs> Uh, also, Harley says Herman. That's true, yes. Oh, yeah, Herman's in Texas. I'm sorry, Herman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that'd be fun. I could see rugby. I could see, like, Marcus running down the field, and then he bumps into Ori. <laughs> Ori, yeah. I, I like that I, my first thought went to Forza Car and not the Gears of War protagonist. Right? <laughs> Ooh, Bobby says ping pong. Rockstar made a table tennis game once. It was called Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You couldn't play ping pong there, and it made yeah, me upset. You, you could play air hockey in uh, uh, The Lost and Damned in GTA 4, though. You could do golf in GTA 5. Uh -huh. um, I don't think you could do bowling, which made me sad. Yeah, you could do bowling in 4, obviously. Everyone yeah. knows the meme of the bowling in GTA 4. I've been thinking about playing GTA 4 again. You go Should do I do that, that on Twitch? You Should I do, do that, that on Twitch, everybody? <laughs> Manny does not want to play. We still have to play GTA Five together. At some point, yeah. At some point. Maybe after this. Yeah, I have it downloaded. Just okay. to... oh, uh, I don't know if we can handle the stream, but um, we can at least play that together. Yeah. So that might be what we do after this. Um. Any other miscellaneous stuff? I meant to go into what I've been watching, but I don't think there will be much that we can actually have a conversation about. Could you imagine an uh, Xbox Smash Brothers, the Forza car? The Forza car. <laughs> Just runs over like... <laughs> <laughs> what's the final smash? Like, what's the cool, the coolest thing you can do in Forza that would be the final smash? He drifts into his opponent. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm trying to think. I, like, at one point I had a whole... When I was 100% sure Master Chief would be in Smash, like, prime mid-2019 Nick was like, yeah, I can, I create like a whole moveset for Master Chief. So like his projectile, your side B would be the stick with the grenade and everything like that. Mm -hmm. The original B would be standing in place with the assault rifle or the battle rifle. Like I had the whole thing mapped out and then they just didn't do it. No, we got Steve. Like Steve was cool. I hear Steve was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't played Kazuya or Sora as much. I played the other DLC characters a decent amount, but yeah, the... Everybody in the second battle or fighters pass, whatever it was called, I didn't get it nearly as much out of as I did the the first the first group. Once I get fully back into Smash, I'll get good with those characters. Harley says the homophobia of that game will hit you like a ton of bricks if you do play it. Are we talking about the GTA? Yeah, because I'm well aware of the homophobia in the GTA games. He says, and I oh, do GTA like GTA Four, okay. 4 for the record, but she's they they laid that on thick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you got your. The, the gay friend you have from the old country. I remember that. Probably other instances in that game I don't remember. Bronco Henry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they have a whole spinoff game called The Ballad of Gay Tony. I have heard about that. Which actually, he's one of the better characters, at least in that universe. I have also heard about that. Yeah, no, he's actually he, he's a He's a beloved character. character from yeah. what I hear. Yeah. It's like him... 
Big Smoke. Mm-hmm. Those are really the only two I can think of. Yeah, uh, Lance Vance in Vice City is uh, pretty beloved, I think, because he's he's also voiced by the guy who was in Miami Vice, uh, not Don Johnson, the other one. I don't remember his name. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think other beloved GTA characters. I don't really care about. I don't really care for any of the characters that come from Five. To be honest, you don't care about Michael Trevor Lamar, Franklin. Franklin. No, Lamar is also L- there. Lamar is Franklin's friend. Yes. Yeah, Lamar's there, but he's Franklin's friend. Lamar is the reason why that sound went trending last year. I don't know if you heard it, but it's when Lamar is harassing Franklin. He's like, oh, yeah. with that yee-ass haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. And then played, the rest uh, of it, but yeah. I've played, I played the story mode in that game probably five or six times, wanting to love it every time, and it's just mediocre as hell. At least from a story perspective. The gameplay in GTA V is enjoyable, but the story is... Uh, just totally forgettable. Yeah. I love the story in GTA 4, though. Bobby says, Michigan is pretty great. No one had ever tried to check notes. Kidnap the governor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, at least politically, the craziest shit that Kansas has, has had happen. can't really think of anything off the top of my head in my lifetime. Chili on cinnamon rolls? Are you, are you comparing that to kidnapping the uh, sitting governor of a state? Yes, they're just you as heinous. That's worse? They are just, just as, as heinous. heinous. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's go with that. <sighs> and I know the people are on my side. I know they are. And uh, it's it, they're wrong for it, is all I will say. Attempting to kidnap. Jesus. Jace, like, let me clarify real quick. Attempting <laughs> to kidnap. Manny is in. That's right. The right. The right. Yeah, Not that's right. right. Manny's on. Have you Manny's, seen that uh, clip from Fairly Odd Parents? Do I look like I've seen that clip from Fairly Odd Parents? Anyways, there's a there's a scene <laughs> where Doug Dimidone, over the Dimsdale Dimidone, he's trying to find yes, his son, right? And he says, uh, uh, he's like, Timmy Turner, my name is Doug Dimmadone, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadone. I'm looking for my long-lost son, Dale Dimmadone, heir to the Dimsdale Dimmadone fortune. And Timmy goes, Doug Dimmadone, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadone? He's like, were they showing Crash Nebula? He's like, on ice. <laughs> like, wow. Anyways, that just made me think because he said Manny's in the right. And I can only think about uh, that video where he's like, that's right, not right. Anyways, guys, Fairly Odd Parents was good for a couple seasons, and then after a while, it just sort of hit the brick, uh, hit the brick wall. They had the they had the Crimson Chin, who was voiced by Jay Leno, and then they had Catman, who was voiced by Adam West. Absolutely wild what that show was able to get. C- cartoon shows genuinely have pretty good voice casts in general. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things where I look back at that cast, and I'm like, how did they get Kiss to come on for an episode of Fairly Odd Parents? <laughs> that is. <sighs> Most of the time, the answer to that is they wanted to do something for their kids or grandkids. Yeah, that's most of the time. Because, like, I'm sure, like, obviously they get paid. I can't imagine the pay is tremendous for those gigs, like, just for a guest spot. But, I mean, if you've got, like, a couple hours to spare on a day, you can do something like that. Yeah, I just wonder, like, because at the time, Fairly Odd Parents was probably at the height of its popularity. 
Mm-hmm. And then it slowly dwindled after that. So maybe at that time they had an okay amount of money. But after a while, it just sort of hit Are they the still wall. making new ones of those? No, they stopped a couple years ago. Okay, so SpongeBob. But they're doing a live action reboot. Oh, yeah, baby. Paramount Plus. You going to get Paramount Plus, everybody? Still no? Okay. Bobby says my shiny teeth in me. That's absolutely right, Bobby. Chip Skylark, who was voiced by one of the uh, guys from, I think it's NSYNC, um, played a character named Chip Skylark, who would sing a song called My Shiny Teeth in Me. And then he had a thing with Timmy's babysitter called Vicky, and he made this song called Icky Vicky. Guys, it used to be good. It used to be better. It used to be better. I feel like every week we mention Fairly Odd Parents, and I have to be like, "Yep, never seen it." We mention a lot of cart, like old cart, old in parentheses, uh, cartoons. Like we'll do Fairly Odd Parents, or we'll do um, SpongeBob. We do a lot. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob is the one that I actually know. Yes, there I are some when I'll just mention it. You'll be like, "I'm sorry, what?" Mm-hmm. We need Jay here every time that I say I haven't seen something, just so he can be appalled all over again. It's true, yeah. Jay really <sighs> didn't know that I'd never seen a, a single episode of Avatar. It hurts me, too. It really does. We'll get to it eventually. Like, I've gotten over it. Bobby, I know old cartoons. I said in parentheses. <laughs> I mean, we did have a good talk about Tom and Jerry. With Harley. And Boomerang. Ah, oh, Boomerang. What a Boomerang. great channel. Uh, once again, it used to be better. Everything's better when you're six, but like, man, when I was six, it was so good. It really I was. was. Playing, I was playing my Nintendo GameCube, playing WWE WrestleMania 19, watching Boomerang from Cartoon Network, like eating cereal. I don't know why that's what I'm thinking of, but like, I remember <laughs> eating a lot of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, those things you could only I, do as a kid. I, I also <laughs> remember cereal. eating a lot of cereal, but I think I ate more cereal in high school than I did. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. And, I would and get like, up at like 3 a.m. and just go get a bowl of cereal. I wouldn't do that. I'm, that's fucking psycho shit. <laughs> it's um, not psycho shit. But in it's high school, I would high like, school behavior. Okay. In high school, it would be like I'd wake up right at 6. My bus would be there at like 6.50. So I would like get up, take a shower, get dressed. And all I'd have time for was to eat a bowl of cereal real quick. I couldn't, didn't have time to cook anything, put anything in the microwave or whatever. So most mornings it was cereal for me. And as a result, I got extremely sick of cereal. And even, even to this day, like every now and then I really get a hankering for it, but I only have it maybe once every couple months because I had it every day for like 10 years in a row. Yeah. Cereal is one of those things that I'll like go very hard on for like maybe a couple days, a couple weeks. And then I just won't eat. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, the milk's bad now. Oh, well, can't eat any more cereal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a lot of, I had a lot of like quarter, uh, quarter cartons of milk that had ended up going bad in college. Yeah. Because I was the too. only person who used it. Uh, sometimes roommates would steal it from me and then it would be gone quicker than I wanted it to be. But when I was by myself, I couldn't get through it quick enough a lot of the time. So there'd be a little bit left and I'd, I'd have to toss them because they went bad. Same with bread. I eventually just started putting bread in the fridge because most of the time I would use it for toast anyway, so it didn't really matter if I dried it out. So I would keep it in the fridge because otherwise it would go bad way too quick. That was what living, like, not alone, but, you know, like, 
my first time feeding myself was like was a lot of a lot of cereal and a lot of sandwiches and a lot of pizza rolls of course pizza rolls that is true i mean pizza bagels are better show with me saying that i i cooked and that i'm just such a great cook listen you could learn from florence how to cook i could i've never actually watched those videos there's a lot of them (laughs) i did like i would like check here and there and i'm like it doesn't seem like something i'd enjoy there's a, lot, there's a lot of green stuff there. I'm not sure I'd be a big fan of that. Nick needs to get on HelloFresh. Well, the problem is I don't like any of that stuff, Jay. <sighs> Sad days. I'm not sure Jay knows how picky I am. I, I, uh, the more and more I hear from Jay, the less I know that he knows you. <laughs> Everybody in Saf- like all the Safari veterans, all the regulars, they know me very well. Everybody knows my tendencies by now. Jay, I don't think, is quite to that level. Jay only hears me on here, and then he will occasionally check Safari. He checks for my updates. Mm. I was about to ask any updates, and then I realized we were on the air. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not do that on air. Okay. Jay says, I mean, saying that Nick likes chili and cinnamon rolls, we are struggling. (laughs) We are struggling. It's good, okay? (laughs) I, mean, I, ch- I I'm telling subjective. all of you to try it once. No, I'm okay. I mean, you don't like beans. Yeah, I tried beans. You haven't tried chili with cinnamon rolls. Oh, God. Like, beans are just so good. I No. I could eat an entire pot of beans. Like, are you kidding me? I, be- I bet you could. I Speaking can't. About, We're built different. We are built different. Speaking about beans, you ever seen uh, Even Stevens? Anyways, there's this character on the show called Beans. And there was a while okay. there where me and my brother and sister, we would just always be like, bro, you look like Beans. <laughs> Anyways, guys, it used to be better. Even Stevens speaking of, was a good show. Speaking of Beans, have we seen Hot Rod? The Andy Samberg comedy starring The Lonely Island. Yes. 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 Have we, the, the cool Beans scene in Hot Rod is uh, one of my favorite scenes ever. Hot Rod One commentary? One of my favorite comedies ever. Yes, absolutely Hot Rod commentary. Yeah. Superbad is like top priority in terms of not the next one we'll do, but like the one that I really want to do. Uh, Hot Rod will not be too far behind it. Yeah, because Those we... movies came out like a week apart too. August 2007 for comedies. Oof. All-timer. <laughs> yeah, because we have Sonic first and then we'll probably do like Hot Rod or uh, Superbad. Incredible Hulk. Uh, yeah, Incredible Hulk. It might be taken off HBO in, like, a month after that, so we should probably just get it done while we can. That is true. Richard says, baked beans, refried beans, so good. I wish I agreed. Oh, God, it bonds me so much. <laughs> like, crockpot beans? Ooh. You let those go overnight, you wake up, it smells like beans, then you have your dad just, like, pour them out, hand smash them. Oh, guys, Beans. Delicious. Delicious. Uh-huh. You got kidney beans. You got pinto beans. I don't like black beans, but I mean, if you like them, hey, go for those. Uh, you got pink beans, I believe is what they're called. Um, I don't like garbanzo. Garbanzo is a no-go for me. But uh, in general, I like most beans. 
Pigeon peas are good. They're not beans. But, uh... Wow, Nick. Mm-hmm. How dare you say something like that? I did it for the screenshot. I know, that's what I'm getting right now. <laughs> Harley says, Nick, thoughts on peppers? Um... If you mean like jalapeno, I'm not really versed in them. I'm guessing I would not be a fan. I don't really know what other peppers there are. You don't know what other peppers there are? Sorry, Nick, did I just hear you say that? Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. Bell peppers? Habaneros? Okay. Um, okay. I've heard of these. I wouldn't have been able to think of these. <laughs> Something They're a non-factor in my life. <laughs> I like Jason. Nick, this is a travesty. Nick, this is a travesty. <laughs> Bobby says, what, Nick? <laughs> Bobby, I can say I don't like beans in general. I've tried enough different kinds of beans, and I've tried beans in enough different dishes, and I've never liked them that I think I can say in general I don't like beans. Sorry, moved on to the peppers. I know what a bell pepper is. I've never I don't think I've had a bell pepper. And again, a total non-factor in my life, so I don't think I don't spend a lot of time thinking about peppers, okay? Exactly, guys. If it has no, flavor, beans, it's on the pepper. Okay, thanks, Jay. Remember, guys, if it has flavor or texture, Nick doesn't like it. It's just that simple. Hold on. Main said, hold on. What about Mr. Bean? Yo, Bobby. Mr. Bean's Holiday? Iconic movie. It's crazy that Mr. Bean only has like 14 episodes and then they never did anything with it outside of like the two movies. I think it's two movies. Um, but yeah, Mr. Bean legit has one season that is like 14 episodes or something like that. Okay, sorry about that. I feel like I've seen Mr. Bean my entire life that there could have been... <gasps> That there could have been like 400 episodes. No, it's like less than 20. <gasps> now I'm hiccuping. See what you made me do, Nick? All because you don't like peppers or beans. Sure. I'm def that's definitely causation, not cor not just correlation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone explain how you haven't had a bell pepper. <laughs> For all I know I have, I can't think of anything that I've had them with. Like... Again, it's not like in my own experience of cooking. I definitely haven't used them. Harley says Nick was gleefully happy when Boromir died. Now, hold on, Harley. Boromir was one of the saddest deaths in cinema history. We got to see Boromir finally be the man that we always knew he could be. Free from the corruption of the ring, we got to see him sacrifice himself for the good of all the hobbits. We got to see him become the man he truly was destined to be and the man we deserve to see more because Boromir should not be remembered for the Bormir that was being corrupted by the ring. Bormir died a man of honor, Harley, and I will not let you say that I was gleeful when he died, because I cry every time that Bormir dies. Anyway, that's my thoughts on Bormir. Bormir's awesome. Bormir that's is my, awesome. And that's my thoughts it's on one of the, It's Bormir. one of the several points that I start choking up in Lord of the Rings. Habanero? Habanero. There's another one? I, Did I mention yeah, that? Yeah, I... Yeah, you mentioned that. That's one that I'm more familiar with. I think I probably had, like, a seasoning with it. Um, Nick and seasoning. Wow. That's a big jump right there. 
well, my dad's my dad's a good cook, and he has a lot of seasonings. He's he's like uses a lot of different ones. Doesn't mean I care for all of them, but he that's at least a, some of the stuff that I've tried. Oh, I get it. Harley said, but Sean Bean. I get it now. I thought Harley was just saying Nick is joyless, which is a fair a fair statement to make. It is a very fair statement to make. Ghost Pepper, I am familiar with that. We're moving on. We really are. Should I tell that story? I don't, I'm not sure everybody's heard that story. I know I mentioned it in Safari Zone before. Which story? <laughs> oh, the, the Ghost story Pepper of, one? Yeah, the Ghost Pepper story. Yeah, Freshman that's a great high story. School. I'm just sitting there at the lunch table, munching on some fries, and... Then I turn over to talk to my friend or whatever. I turn back. It's like some weirdly liquidy ketchup that's on top of my fries. I take a bite. And let's say 10 to 15 seconds later, I'm starting to feel something on my tongue. I'm like, that's weird. I don't remember ketchup being that hot. Uh, so I foolishly took another bite to see what, what was weird about it. And uh, it didn't go so well for me. My tongue started burning almost immediately. I went over, pretty much didn't finish the rest of my lunch. I pretty much was exclusively just standing by that water fountain, taking as many drinks as I could for the entire rest of the lunch period. I drank the rest of my milk, because I, I did know at that point milk was like the best way to, to soothe spiciness on the tongue. So I did that until lunch was over. Then I uh, went back to class and uh, didn't have a water bottle on me at the time, so I pretty much just had to rough out the rest of that. The next two hours, I would say, it was bothering me. So, yeah, someone... At the lunch table, snuck ghost pepper onto my fries for no real reason, and uh, I still hold a grudge against him to this day. I hope I hope he stubbed his toe today. Very aggressive. <laughs> Asking for. I hope he hit every red light on his way to work today. You disgust me. <laughs> Harley says, "Bro, water makes it actively worse." He tried telling fourteen-year-old me that. I knew milk made it better. Water tasted like, or not tasted, but like it felt like it made it better in the moment. And that was all I could do. Just another reason for y'all to judge me. I see how it is. Listen, we have a lot of reasons to judge you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking at the ones I sent you? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep, that's a DM that you guys will never see or hear about. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie, I thought of it before you sent it. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, how can I not do it? <laughs> it's very clearly there. <laughs> but, um... That, that's, that's gonna be an inside joke that y'all are on the outside of. On the outside, always looking in while I... Ever be more than I've always been. I love inside been, jokes. Because I'm be a part tap, of them tap, tapping on the glass. Oh, I had no idea what you were actually waving through a window. No, yeah, that was Dear Evan Hansen. So before we end, you ever think about how the one sequence of that movie with Life and Flair <laughs> is uh, the one with the absolute worst implications? Yes, all the time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like. Man, they really turned the whole storyline about them forging the kid's suicide note and then notes uh, to Evan Hansen. They really made that the best sequence of the movie, but it's the worst part of, like, the story. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. That's Dexter Woofen. I have to go get Dexter. I heard Dexter that time. Woof, woof, guys. 
Anyways, as we start wrapping up, thanks to those of you that have been here. Harley, Bobby, Richard, Jay, the usuals. We appreciate you guys as always. Thank you to anyone that lurked. Edith, I know you were here earlier. Um, Elena, once again, thanks for being a subscriber again. My boy Landon, coming in clutch today. Absolutely love you, brother. Um, once again, you can always go listen to our commentaries. We have Iron Man 2 up. Um, also, Harry Potter and Bond were recently put up. We also have our last podcast, which I think was Batman, if that's correct. So, there's a lot of content. And you can always find us here on Twitch at least once or twice a week. So we'll just wait for Nick to get back and then we'll close out the show. But guys, could you believe Nick doesn't like beans? Like that's, that's just wild to me. The man doesn't like beans. He couldn't name another pepper. We need to put this guy in, like, a cooking course. Like, give him... Guys, for his birthday, get him, like, community college cooking lessons. It's just, uh... Hey, I'm back. Hey. Hi. Jay says, man, I'm gonna be so sad when Nick hasn't had Thai food. Uh, no comment. Do you have anything to say before we close out? Because I did a lot of the outro already. You did? Okay. Um... No, we just kind of talked about random shit, shot the shit. I had fun just kind of going through every random thing that we could think of tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Want to play GTA after this? We'll see. Okay. Probably. Okay. I paid 20 bucks for that, and I haven't actually played it yet. I know. Not really. I know. <laughs> you disappoint me. Uh, Not really. I know. Well, I <laughs> yes, mean, with some things, you do disappoint me. <laughs> Harley says making a cooking class would be a fantastic docuseries. That's what I was saying. I was saying that for your birthday, we should get you cooking classes at a community college or something. <laughs> like, I can... I have enough knowledge of, like, helping cook, doing my own cooking. Like, I know how to cook. It's the fact that I'm so fucking picky that, like, most dishes anybody would cook, I don't want. So I, I, I'm very basic with my palate, so my cooking reflects that, even though I can cook. Mm-hmm. That's you. That's that's how it is. I don't know how to fix my palate, guys. That'll be the first movie from Nick and I. It'll be a how to cook series with Nick. <laughs> oh, should we mention that? I mean, we can. Just to just to date this uh, eventually, so when we look back, we're like, this is when it started. Sure. We talked yesterday, and we are going to this year work on a script. We're gonna. We're going to write a short film, and then next year, we're going to meet up somewhere, and we're going to make it. That's our plan. We'll see how that works out. But, uh, yeah. We're doing I'm going to start Nintendo taking model. ideas around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to say 2023, and then when spring 2024 hits around, you better believe we're going to be releasing that short film. <laughs> no, that's when um, we're going to be releasing our third uh, delay. <laughs> that's when, that's when we get, you're going to get our teaser trailer. That's when and everyone's gonna, like, where's the full trailer? That's when you're going to get the yellow background with text that says, we at CD Projekt Red are very sad to say. <laughs> I cannot very tell you sad, how many times I saw that. that. We lost all of our footage. I saw that yellow background so many times, and every time I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. 
oh no, nothing good. Nothing good comes from this. <laughs> it's never, thank you guys for supporting us throughout the development of Cyberpunk. You're the best fans ever. It's always bad news. Always. But yeah, this year I'm going to... I'm going to put my uh, my degree to some use. I'm going to put the uh, couple hundred bucks I spent on Final Draft to use. Going to write up a script. Going to run it by Manny. We're going to workshop it together. And we're going to try and produce this fucking thing. Whatever it ends up being. So that's our hint. Well, I guess that's not a hint. That's kind of like a mini announcement of a plan that we have. It's a roadmap. Yeah, there we go. Can't wait for <laughs> a film school grad to give you all 3.5. That's right, baby. We can add it to Letterboxd. I think I think anything can be added you to Letterboxd. You can add it to Letterboxd and some you can add down. it to IMDb as well. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the uh, the Wanger stuff is on Letterboxd. I think uh, in in my all-time list of directors, I think Christian is on that list because I've seen like six films from him on, on Letterboxd. Mm. So yeah, all their stuff is on there. Our stuff will be on there one day. Yeah, exactly. And I can also say... We have a rough cut of the movie that I did for my capstone, and oh, we are yeah. editing it for a fine cut. So, has to be done by Heck April. Yeah. So, last week in April, you guys will know that the movie is done. You mean it has to be done by May? No, it has to be done by the end of April. Oh, you said by April, as in I thought that was two days from now. No, I mean by the end of April. But um, There you go. Okay, that's, that's better. Yeah, guys. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Thanks for listening as always. We appreciate you. The ads are about to run. Okay, we're going to Oh, okay. We're going to stop before you guys have to go through another ad break. Um You guys are awesome. We absolutely adore you, you guys. You guys are. Thank you for sticking with us. Truly. Have a good one, guys. We love you.